My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's the WNR 159. It's the WWE versus WCW. Before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. And today, we've been doing kids' shows, and I'm going to get help of the biggest kid I know, Dan White. Gee, brain, what are we going to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The pinky and the brain. Yes, pinky and the brain. One is a genius, the other one's insane. Can't sing that properly, can I? Laboratory mice, their genes have been spliced. The dinky, the pinky and the brain, 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 brain. The overthrow the earth. The dinky, the pinky and the brain, 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 brain. Nerf! Pinky and the brain, but now time for the intro. In 1998, WWE and WCW were locked in a ratings war. Their shows, Raw and Nitro, went head-to-head on Mondays. The WNR podcast goes back 20 years right in the middle of the battle. We've followed the war since the inception of Nitro, but now with the start of the Attitude Era and WCW still at its peak, the WNR podcast follow it month to month. This is WWE versus WCW the Monday Night Wars, May 1998. So let's begin. Five-point system. We've got roster. Rating. Promo. Matches. And, of course, setting. And we're doing point system. First uh, show to f- best out of 30 points, isn't it? And then we combine them as well. And we get what the best show is in the month. But we start off with WWE Raw. And it's Monday Night Raw, May 4th, 1998. Episode 258. <laughs> Yes, we have the attitude scratch start, which we've not mentioned yet. Yeah, thing. I mean, I know they did change it. I think Unforgiven, but 
We've not said it. And we get a promo to start all about the Unforgiven fallout. And, of course, if anybody can't remember the last time we were here, Unforgiven, it was uh, Dude Love versus Steve Austin for the WF title. And Austin hit McMahon. Was it intentional or not with the steel chair? And would Steve Austin be fired? McMahon said not at that time, but there's still doubts going into it. Well, we get the opening title. And then we get the fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. Well, this one's out of Richmond, Virginia. Guess what? Jim Ross thinks it's going to be a good show. Well, wait a minute. What's this? I was expecting Dude Love. Foley's out here in traditional Mick Foley garb. A red flannel shirt with the sleeves ripped off and the buttons undone. He comes out to Dude Love's music, though, holding his Dude Love uniform. Well, Foley says, cut this music. It makes me sick. Does anybody here know my name? Because to tell you the truth, I don't know who the hell I am anymore. Unforgiven, I beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. Boom. No, I do not have the heavyweight title, but I came real. And for those of you who've never been on the receiving end of a Stone Cold ass kicking, let me tell you, it doesn't feel all that good. And if you were to ask Stone Cold Steve Austin how he felt the next day, well, he'll probably say he felt a whole hell of a lot better. So now, how do I get rewarded for my efforts at Unforgiven? By receiving a rematch? No. By being proclaimed a number one contender? No. You see, that honour went to Gold Dust. The last time I checked my resume, I was going head-to-head with the heavyweight champion of the world. The last time I checked the resume of Gold Dust, that panty-wearing pansy, he was wearing a black teddy in a women's negligee match. And now... The WWF has informed me that I am to wrestle Terry Funk in a no-holds-barred, fools-count-anywhere match. And I guess I know what Vince McMahon must be thinking. Hey, let those two kill each other and I won't have to deal with them anymore. You see, I don't have all the answers, but I do know a few things. Number one, I'll be damned if I'm 13 years of hard work by sucking up to a low-life like Vince McMahon. Hey! Number two... Two. I'll be damned if I'm going to let my wife and kids see me bumping and grinding with a couple of second-rate strippers on national television. Uh-huh. And number three, I'll be damned if I perform in this stuff ever again. And he throws his dude love costume away. And then he says, what I like right now is to have Vincent Mann out here because I ca- want some answers and I want them right now. Oh shit, he's Cactus Jack now. I don't remember Cactus wearing sneakers and sweatpants, but hey-ho. I'm on board either way. Bang, bang! Well, McMahon eventually comes out through the beaded beaded curtain to a roaring disapproval from the crowd. Vince, I don't care what you do. If you bury it, you burn it, or you put it on yourself, but you will not make me dress like a horse's ass ever. Are you understood? Are we? A man says, you got guts enough to call me out before... Out here before you, me, the owner of the World Wrestling Federation, you got guts enough to call me out here before you and all these people. Who the hell do you think you are? So Cole says, that's the problem. I don't think he knows who he is. Shut up, Michael Cole. I mean, good point, I guess. And then McMahon being the ultimate manipulator and even giving a massive pep talk to McFoley. He says, let me tell you something. Sure, you hold a victory over Stone Cold Steve Austin at Unforgiven, but you didn't get the job done because Stone Cold Steve Austin is still the WWF champion. And the next night, sure, Goldust becomes an unwanted react. 
you bitch, you cry, you moan, just like all these other people would at their lost opportunity. Because you see, they have to make excuses when they don't get that raise. They don't get that promotion. They have to make excuses. I would expect better from you. And then, you think I'm trying to punish you by bicking you in a match with your best friend Terry Funk? And that holds barb match? That's not punishment, that's reward. And that's what it is, a reward. Because I believe, like you, that you and I are a lot alike. I believe that you recognise that... This as it truly is. You see, I take adversity and turn it into triumph. This match that you have with your best friend is opportunity, and that's what I give you. I giving you. I give you better than anyone in the world. Opportunity. Don't you see? Can't you see the clear? Can't you clearly see the picture? Who have you been listening to? Because if you seize this moment, if you take your best friend out to this ring tonight, beat him, but you beat him an inch from his life. If you tear him limb from limb. If you reach into his chest, pull out his heart and hold it and the blood drips down all over you, then you would have made the kind of sacrifice that's necessary to be the number one contender. The kind of sacrifice that's necessary to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. The kind of s- sacrifice that's necessary to be the World Wrestling Federation champion. I've got faith in you. I've got confidence in you because I believe deep down in that demented cranium, you can do it. You can do it. You can seize this opportunity and once again become the number one contender for the World Wrestling Cha- Federation Championship. Well, McMahon picks up the dude love costume. McMahon, <clears throat> when I come out here, you threw dude love in my face. How does it feel for me to throw the truth into yours? And with that, he fucking slaps Jack in the face. Jack smiles and then glass shatters. It's stone cold. He walks out carrying a grappling hook and McMahon retreats down... <clears throat> And McMahon retreats down the ramp. Austin starts kicking the inflatable chairs around, absolutely destroying the Love Shack set. The carnage. Where he tosses the grappling hook to the top of the Love Shack bus set and yanks it down. He starts breaking it to pieces. McMahon is furious. The cardboard cost upwards of $30. Well, he starts walking down the ramp, giving McMahon the double middle fingers and ripping his own shirt as he goes, he slides into the ring, yells some shit at man who grabs the bell and the hammer. Austin just leaves the ring, flips off the crowd and walks up the rank, ramp and out of the arena. The show takes a break and when it returns, the ring area has cleared out and the Nation of Domination has appeared with their newest member, Owen Hart, right next to The Rock. JR says he understands that Owen has assumed a leadership role equal to that of The Rock. Where does he get this information I don't know. Does it make sense? I don't know that either. Commissioner Slaughter meets them in the ring to reject whichever ones aren't supposed to be competing in this next match. Left in the ring are Owen and The Rock. Steve Blackman and Farouk come to the ring. The battle starts as soon as they get through the ropes. Well, Farouk goes right for The Rock and Blackman meets Hart. Both pairs head outside. And the nation comes out on the receiving end of some heavy shots. This is where we're going to pick it up from right now. Blackman's got Owen Hart and Rock and Farouk. Are on the stage right now. So this is a new nation, I suppose. Owen Hart, WrestleMania, given opportunity. Is it the right opportunity to put him in the nation, do you reckon? Well, it makes it less racist. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it, If he's not doing much, then yes, it is the right move for him. Yeah, well, Rock now getting caught by Fruit, and he's going to finish it early. Dominator. Oh, my God, he hits it. That's it. Turns the Rock over. One. To, oh, but Owen Hart in to save his new teammate. Well, right? o- Owen filling his midsection there, but Rock rakes to Fruit's eyes. Of course, the nation's leader, Rock, and of course, the, the former Farouk, we yet to see them in one-on-one action. 
Steve Blackman gets tagged in now. He's working away at Owen Hart. Irish Rick reversal, though. Slides between Hart's legs. Grabs the ankle very terribly and starts kicking away at the back of Owen's leg. The yeah. in- previously injured leg. Blackman's not been around, though, is he? I mean, he's only just started, so he's still green as grass. That's why he's mostly in tag team matches. He was undefeated until, uh, of course, Double J got the job done. <laughs> and now Blackman working on Alexa Moore. At least this match makes sense, you know. The fruit feels wrong, and it's weird that Blackman and Shamrock were, of course, against uh, Farouk and the rest of the nation until the nation turned their back on Farouk. So CIE deals with being a a good guy. Because like you say, I mean, the way the nation was perceived was uh, quite radical in those ways. Can Farouk actually get the crowd on the side? With Owen now with The Rock, does it take a nation in a different place? I mean, he's a better worker than what they've had. Finally tags in The Rock. Oh, but a rock comes in and looks like Farouk was playing. Hello, possums! And starts working away at the rock. Oh, gets him up. Seated pile driver. And the rock bounces halfway across the ring. Farouk goes to recover. But again, Owen Hart with the save. And those helped rock out a couple of times in this. Might be a shrewd bit of business for the leader of the nation. And then a rock there. That's classic rock we just saw. Jumping over Farouk, hitting the uh, DDT. Now, rock working over. Oh, Owen Hart puts his boot up in the corner. Set, uh, Rock sends Farouk's head into it. And JR's writing commentary saying that The Rock is the future of the uh, WWF. You know, one of the bright stars. No, I can't see it. Owen Hart with a second rope elbow drop. Goes for the cover. But for... Ah, well, it's a good difference. So we're going to look at the rosters as well. The kind of talent that there is in WCW and uh, WWF. You know, Owen Hart's kind of won all the titles there is to win. In the World Wrestling Federation, apart from the big one, you know, Farouk has been champion, world champion before in WSW, but Blackman's not been near. Of course, The Rock's just working through. So it's interesting to see. It's not, not all these guys have kind of been there and done that, have they? You know, they're working right. their way up. Smackdown on Farouk, saying, yeah, I've got the tag in. Picks Farouk up, slams him down. Oh, looking for the people's elbow. And look how cocky he is. He's going to hit it. Kind of like a reverse nip up to his feet. <laughs> with a cocky cover, putting a foot on the chest of Farouk, but he manages to kick out. Oh. Now Farouk working the midsection. Oh, rock low, nice shot. Nice uppercut. Now trying to Irish whip, but Farouk reverses. Oh. Spinebuster from Farouk, though. But now Can he fi- get across to tag Blackman in? Yeah, exactly. Can he finally... He's finally got the separation. Now maybe his chance to get his breath back. A fresh Blackman in, and yeah, he tags him. Here comes Steve. Steve. And he takes down Owen Hart with a clothesline. Drop kick rocks in. Oh, he gets caught with a drop kick from Blackman, though. Blackman looking for an Irish whip. Oh, bicycle kick to the chest of Owen Hart. And now he's going to go from Blackman. It's like Fru- the rings of Saturn. Very different. And the rock stops it, but Fruit's in now. Fruit's just taking him to the woodshed, whipping him away. Oh, Jeff Jarrett's in. Blackman tried whipping him, but he gets hung up on the top rope. Spinning heel kick from Owen Hart. Goes for the cover. One. One. Two, three. Oh, my God. Well, Owen gets a victory for the nation, and Jeff Jarrett is still not finished with Steve Blackman, so we have seen Double J. Um, like I said, we knew Steve Blackman was quite terrible early on, a couple of moves, but not a bad match, Dan. What are you reckoning? Yeah, again, it goes forward in the storytelling of what's going on with the nation. Steve Blackman and Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett, of course, getting involved there as well, so it kind of... Yeah, and that helps to progress the story. Yeah, well, the show cuts to a promo for 
Gerald Briscoe is voiced by Vincent Mann, and he talks up what a great guy Briscoe is. He's a lord to the WWF and to Vincent Mann, the finest human being Briscoe's ever met in his life. Whoa, dude. Well, once that promo wraps up, we cut to another promo. This time for a guy who likes to sit down in subway stations, which is gross. Yeah, it asks what brought him to this place and shows him hanging out with candles, beating up homeless guys and sitting some more on the subway. The word edge flashes on the screen and then the thing's over. Look, what could that mean? I don't know. I don't know. On this day. I don't know if that's important at all, but that's the first time we've ever seen anything like that. See if it's got any impact on the business whatsoever. Degenerations X music begins and the whole crew hits the ring area. Michael Cole tells us the New Age Outlaws will defend their belts against DOA, even though nobody cares about those bald retards. Triple H asks the crowd if they're ready. They are ready. Then Triple H does his spiel. I think we just missed it, but still. He goes, then Richmond, Virginia. Oh, Daniel Bell, let's go. Then Richmond, Virginia, for the thousands watching here in attendance and for the millions watching on TV. And for the millions watching on live television, let's get ready to suck it! What else did Triple H say? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, As everybody knows, Operation DX continues. And tonight, right now, we take care of business on our own front lawn. And speaking of the front lawn, ladies... Oh, boy, here we go. Like the man says, keep off my grass. But don't be afraid to stop by and whack the weed. Wait, what? (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? Triple H hands the microphone over to Road Dog. Go on then, Road Dog, take it away. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, D-Generation X proudly brings you the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champs of the World, the Road Dog, Jesse James, the bad Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws. That's perfect time of that. More catchphrases, more catchphrases. Okay, I guess not. Road Dog says DOA beat them last week because they weren't at full strength. He says the bald-headed motorcycle freaks of DOA are only going to get the belts if the outlaws shove them up their asses. Well, the Legion of, Do- the Legion of Doom show up and the audience collectively wonders why DOA exists. Hey, DX! Well, Hulk, and Hulk, well, Hulk gets on the mic. He says, hey, DX, you know the five of you remind me of five dingleberries clumped together, pulled right from the sweaty crack of some obese old man's butt. You got miss- Mr. Ass, which would make Road Dog Mr. Hull... You make a fine pair, <laughs> you got Hunter, who's Mr. Nose, and you got China, who's, well, just Mr. Well, Hawk <laughs> challenges the Outlaws to turn this four-way dance into an eight-man. X-Puck, presumably upset for being left out of Hawk's Mr. Run, tells them to bring it on. Animal goes insane, screaming some kind of unintelligible but awesome nonsense. I think he calls X-Pack X-Lax, targeting X-Pack. Well, they trade insults back and forth, uh... Fourth a bit, both sides talk about how the other has tiny wieners. Anyway, LOD leaves your area, and the announcers mention that DOA are probably pretty pissed off their title shot just turned into an eight-man circus. The announcement that this will be the first time X-Puck will wrestle since returning to the WWF. Oh, yeah, that's true. I'm actually interested in this match now. Yeah, well, the show cuts to commercial after the announcers mention that Stone Cold Steve Austin will be at ringside to commentate on the Dude Love Terry Funk match later. They say that earlier... But shit was going insane, and I kind of missed it. So there you go. That's going to be cool, too. After the break, Dan the Mustache Severin walks out, and Michael Cole tells us he split up with Jim, tossed his former manager on the mat, and threw him in an armbar last week. Severin severed his relationship with James E. Cornette rather abruptly, JR said. 
Savio Vega waits for Severin in the ring. So it's Dan Mustache Severin versus Savio Vega. And Severin immediately goes at Vega, suplexing him and then attempting to choke him out in the corner. Vega slaps him lightly on the face and Severin suplexes him again. Vega it pays off for two seconds. Severin wins the armbar. Well, backstage, King stands ready to interview Paul Bearer, but JR throws it to a commercial first. Or does he? The show stays on, but the cameraman puts down the camera and walks away. King and Paul Bearer take a seat, and King candidly and out of characterly asks Bearer what he's going to tell everyone about Kane. Bearer insists that Kane is his son. King is incredulous. Oh, King says, you're telling me you know the Undertaker's mother? Bearer asks if he can trust King. King says he'll tell nobody. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> well, Bearer says, well, I was 19 no. years... No, what does he say? He says, whoa! I got Bearer. <clears throat> Paul Bearer says, well, I was 19 years old. I was. I can't make out this word. At the funeral home. I went out on Tuesday night to the rest of the matches like I always do with my friends. Had a few beers, coming to the funeral home, and there she was, a little... <laughs> I'd never been... Don't tell nobody. I'd never been with room before at that point. I wasn't fat like I am now either. In fact, I was kind of studly. Well, anyway, I come for the door and she took me right there. Right there. Where was it? On the embalming table or something? No, on the floor. On the kitchen floor. Paul Bearer slips a salami to Undertaker's mum on the kitchen floor. <laughs> well, that is a quote of the millennium. And then King says, Paul Bearer buries his baloney in the Undertaker's mother. Oh, the hits just keep on coming. Well, Bearer says it's the gospel truth, and that just as he's finished, he heard Baby Undertaker's feet pitter-pattering around. He stopped just in time, so Undertaker never saw it. Did Mrs. Undertaker name Undertaker Undertaker? <laughs> so Mrs. Undertaker Undertaker. Anyway, the show goes to break for real, and when it returns, King apologises for being crass. Don't apologise, man. You're being real. Also, what was any worse than the attack beating woman? Apologise for that first. Well, Michael Cole plays some footage of Sable breaking for Mero and challenging him to a match in a week or two or something, I forget. And then the show cuts to an extended clip reel of her working out. I get what the point of this is, and I don't really have a problem with it, but it's ridiculously long. And so is the video clip. Mark Mero walks out, and then Tennessee Lee introduces Jeff Jarrett. That's right, it's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Yeah, Jarrett gets to the ring and starts doing his Ric Flair sh- strut and then Steve Blackman runs into the ring and starts kicking him. Yeah, kick his ass! <laughs> Referees attempt to hold Blackman back and fail until eventually they pull him off <laughs> and then get him off Jarrett's throat and drag him out of there. The show goes to a break and when it returns they've cleared the area so we've been spared of a Mero Jarrett match. Thank God. Warzone and King joins the commentary. DOA ride their bicycles to the ring. Legion of Doom follow and JR wonders why DOA aren't even upset they've missed out on a title shot. I'll answer that. It's one of two things. They're smart and know they would never win or they're retarded and don't even understand what's happened. Either way, it kind of fits with their character. The referee ejects Sonny from the area. Too trashy, I guess. Fucking hell. Well, D-Generation X walk out. China leading the way, carrying Triple H's belt. New Age Outlaws ride mopeds to the ring, and it's a 10,000 away's entrance. King says he's glad Sonny left because he took a Viagra and it got caught in his throat, and now he's got a stiff neck. Yay! The ref rejects China, so how long will it take for her to find Sonny backstage and squeeze the life out of her? Wait, what? Xbox says China is wrestling, not him. What the fuck? 
He leaves the area. Well, it is DOA, Skull and Eight Ball, and the Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal, versus DX, Triple H, China, Road Dog, Jess, Badass, Billy Gunn. China's going to get involved. Yeah, she's ready for action. Whoa, Animal with a side headlock and Road Dog. So we start things off here. Oh, an Animal rolling through road, roll, running through Road Dog, running the ropes, but looking to powerbomb Jesse James, getting caught and punching the face. Oh, power slam there from Animal and drops the elbow onto Road Dog. And now he's tagging in Eight Ball and or Skull. A big clothesline to Road Dog. Road Dog. And I think the DOA just want to beat him up, even though they had tagged to total opportunity. I think they just want to beat up the Outlaws. Oh, and Road Dog with a very strategic thumb to the eye tags in Triple H. Now Triple H working the midsection, but we're seeing DX in all its glory here, really, aren't we? Apart from obviously X Pac. Just been taken away. Oh, Helmsy might be in trouble now. Big boot. And now the other uh, member of DOA comes in. Oh, looking to run through member of DOA, but gets come unstuck after he gets after he close lines through Badass and Triple H. Now he's got Billy Gunn in the corner, throws him to the other one, and follows up with a clothesline. Now Mister Ass might be in a little bit of trouble. No, and China wants to tag, and she wants saying give it. Here she comes. Oh, my God, what's China doing? Hurricane Rana, or China can Rana, goes for the cover. To, oh. Gets pushed off. But she doesn't care what size you are now. China tagging in Road Dog. He's going to work away on 8-Bowl. Like an animal, he is. Like a dog. And now quick tags through between DX. We go to another break, and we come back, and Triple H is in control. Now Triple H, Irish whipped in the corner. Randy Orton-esque power slam there. Like Going for the cover, but Triple H managing to kick out. Uh-huh. China wants to tag back in. Uh-oh. Here comes Hawk. And he's beating every single member of DX, taking Road Dog, Triple H, Billy Gun down. Finally turns his attention back to Triple H, who catches him, catches him with a jawbreaker. And now China gets a tag. <laughs> Well, she's going for a field goal, looks like. Make a reference. Like China on the second. Oh, China on second rope. Oh, Hulk bounces off the top rope, though, and sends China crashing to the outside. She makes her way back in the ring. Oh, oh hits a big low blow. Nakamura would be proud of that one. Yeah, behind Mike Kyoto's back. And Animal saying, didn't you see what happened there? And China clocks eight ball. In the skull. <laughs> yeah. And now the rest of DX in, and they're beating down on Animal behind referee. They're beating down the hall behind referee's back. Trying to say half of what she's done. Now Road Dog's in, drops his elbow from the second rope. Goes for the cover, but Hulk managing to kick out. Oh. Triple H gets tagged in. Triple H telling everyone to suck it. As he drops the knee to the head of Hulk. But Hulk won't stay down, goddammit. We're part of the legendary Legion of Doom. Billy gets tagged in. And now working the midsection of... Backbreaker from Billy Gunn. Oh, lovely leg drop there. Better than Hogan's. Goes for the cover. Oh. Hulk managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. <clears throat> Animal desperate to come in. Help out his partner. Billy now going for the... Gun splash. <laughs> I don't want to call it the arse splash because it don't sound that great. Oh! 
But then Billy ran into the back of uh, Hawk's head. Got the worst of it, looks like. Can he tag in Animal? Billy Gunn tries grabbing out of Hawk's leg, but unsuccessful. He manages to tag in Eight Ball, who cleans house. He's on fire, baby. Boots out, Road Dog. Touch. No focus on Billy Gunn. Oh, there's some fighting going on at ringside between DOA and LOD. Oh, they're arguing who should have got the tag, and Hawk not happy about that. No, our middle names of. No, our middle names of. And now they're beating them up. It's LOD v DOA, and I think he just realised as he slams Billy Gunn now in the ring. It's two on one attack. Oh, no. Now both members of 8-Ball are going against both members of... DOA beating down LOD at the moment. And this is meant to be a man tag team match. These are meant to be teammates, god damn it. D-Generation X are loving what's going on, though. No, referees can't stop them. Oh, now a chair coming into it. Looks like it's Hawk and Animal with chairs taking that deal away. My God, the referee counts them out. That is it. So DX win, and DX look like a cohesive unit in there. I think it's more important to see what they look like as opposed to anything else in there. Because, like I say, DOA and LOD have got problems. DX look really cool at this moment in time. And uh, it's good to see them working as one. And they look to feud with maybe another group who aren't imploding. So who else could they feud with? Well, anyway, the brawl continues during the break backstage. And JR says it's a physical situation. Situation. That will keep our eye on, which don't really clarify whether or not it's still going on after the break. Well, Goldust comes to the ring, noticeably without Luna. Once he gets into the ring, the lights go out and Kane's music begins. He enters with Paul Bearer, who screams about his paternity to the camera. Once Kane's fireworks go off, Goldust attacks. So it's Goldust versus Kane, who's with Paul Bearer. And Kane shows no pain and returns fire as Kane tosses him around. Jarrell wonders if Goldust is being punished for his loss against Stone Cold Steve Austin by having to face Kane. Well... It sure looks that way. It does indeed. But hey, it's Undertaker and he's pissed off about Bearer fucking his mum. Yeah, so he's out here and Kane trying to stop Undertaker's assault. Well, maybe he shouldn't have fucked his mum, Bearer, eh? It's your own fault. Well, Kane tries to pull the Undertaker off Bearer, but Undertaker ignores him. Still focuses on Bearer. Once it becomes clear that Kane is more of a problem, he slams Kane from the Inferno match into the still steps and then punches him up the ramp. They get some shots in on each other. Officials attempting to pull them apart. And then The Undertaker hits one of them. Kane leaves and The Undertaker punches Commissioner S. Laughter. Undertaker follows Kane backstage. And I guess this match ain't a match anymore. No, and Paul Bearer curses The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. At some point, King has taken Michael Cole's place at the announce table. I just noticed that. Probably should have mentioned it earlier. Yeah, it happened during Warzone. The show runs a promo recounting McFoley's friendship with Terry Funk and his admiration of Funk as a child. It discusses Foley and Funk's death matches in Japan, which cem- cemented their bond. Which makes you wonder, if they become such great pals in a death match, how come they have a regular one? How come them having a regular one tonight is a problem? The promo continues on about Foley's personas. Cactus Jack, dude love and mankind. Terry Funk and Cactus Jack teamed up, as we know, and then they broke up when Jack felt nobody gave a shit about him. He sold out on his fans to go back to being dude love and get a title shot unforgiven. Okay, the promo's done and we're caught up, and it only took 10 minutes. 
Uh, so since we are caught up, they show a promo for Val Venus. Is this like number 30? Oh shit, it's Jenna Jameson! Nice. Um, not that I would know who that is or, or anything really. Once that wraps, the WWF World Heavyweight Champion Stone Cold Steve Austin takes the ring to soak in some applause before he takes his seat at the announcer's table. He walks over, sees a beer guy, grabs his bucket and takes it over to the table. <laughs> Good thinking. He chugs one of them. JR, only in moderation, folks. Only in moderation. And then he does that. He ain't sharing today. Both announcers sheepishly say how glad they are that Austin is here. Terry Funk makes his entrance. Mick Foley enters as... Mick Foley. No music plays or anything. The announcers notice something. There's no referee. Seems a bit of an oversight, but then Howard Finkel gets on the PA, announces a special referee, Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson. What the flips? And Austin wonders if JR's behind it, which is kind of funny. It is the main event. It's Terry Funk versus Mick Foley. With special guest referee, Hall of Famer, Pat Patterson. So see how this match goes. It should be good. Of course, Terry Funk, not only a year ago, was their ECW world champion. Going against his good pal Mick Foley, see if how hardcore this will be. This is an anything goes match, isn't it? Yep, no disqualification. <laughs> but my man, Vince McMahon, wants Foley to rip the heart out of Terry Funk here tonight and hold it above his head as it bleeds down. Will we see it that extreme? I don't know. They're both brought to the outside now. So we've, we've seen four faces of Foley now. We have, yeah. We've seen, obviously, Dude Love and Cactus Jack, Mankind, and now Mick himself. And he's got Terry Funk on the outside. He's trying to get the barricade free. Unprotected chair shot by Terry Funk. And another one on Mick Foley. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Plants him straight over the noggin with that chair. Then throws it at him as Mick Foley's prone and on the ground. If you wanted it to be hardcore, after those four shots, Foley might be out, and now Funk's slapping him around the face. He's still got noticeable bruising around his hips. I know, Oh, but he gets hit by a low blow there. That's from the dumpster match, of course, Foley and Funk teaming up together. Uh-oh. Is Foley busted open? I think he is. He just saw the blood in his hand, and Funk... <laughs> Trying to throw a chair into the ring, but it bounces off the ring ropes and back to the outside. He would say middle-aged and crazy, and now Foley's got the chair... Gives Funk a chair <laughs> shot of his own. And Funk's like, what the fuck have you just done? Why would you do that? And Foley successfully throws a chair into the ring, clotheslines Funk, who responds with a couple of punches. Well, Terry doesn't care. Now Foley's face on the announce table, and Austin watching this. Will McFoley be the next number one contender? It could be Terry Funk if he gets a victory in this one. He deserves it. Foley into the barricade. Austin saying he doesn't care who there is. He's going to kick that damn ass. Funk Irish whipping Foley. Oh, but Foley with a swing and neck breaker to Funk. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. And you can see in the uh, hairline of Foley where he's busted open. <coughs> Funk rolls to the uh, wafer thin mats around the ring. How thin are well, seeing them up close and personally, they are mere millimetres thick. And Foley going on the attack on the outside. Austin saying the headset doesn't work, so you take Kings. Of course. And Kings like, watch my hair. Oh, and the false count anywhere. Foley going for cover, but Funk kicking out. Ah. 
Austin trying to talk, the mic not really working. Jr saying they can't hear you, and during this, the match is going on. Austin thinks it's King. <laughs> Starts beating up Jerry the King Lawler, and Jay, he's saying, "Jerry, you got you did this." Well, if it goes, as Austin's on commentary. Oh my God! Funk sends Foley, and he goes headfirst into the stairs. Foley is busted wide open. But that doesn't stop Funk, who throws a chair at the back of Foley. Well, if he does this to his friends, what would he do to his enemies? You've got to ask yourself. That concrete's exposed now. Foley slurred on the stairs. Funk swings at Patterson. Oh, runs towards Foley, who sticks his foot up and catches Funk in the face. And now Foley's going to go for the pile driver on Funk. Now, backdrop to Foley instead. And that is cold, hard concrete against a human's back. I know it is McFoley, but still, you'll think about the punishment. Austin's still annoyed, and King's gone now. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> oh! Looking to throw Foley over the barricade, but ends up throwing him through it instead. And now the fans mobbing Mick. Well, security's got his job in its hands as they're f- fighting their way through now. The fans aren't as civilised as they are nowadays. No. Oh, Funk. Uh, Austin's having a beer and enjoying the action. Funk sent into the uh, well, wall there, right near the refreshment stand. <laughs> there goes the attendant. He's got the vendor. Oh. Suplexes him. <laughs> Why? Is Funk beating up a different vendor? Yeah, and now Funk's got a trash can. Oh. Bounces it off of Mick Foley's head. Oh, it's another guy down. This is crazy, and now the vendor back up. <laughs> well, he was until he got hit by Funk's boat. And the fans helping Funk climb. Looks very precarious position there. And we're in this, this old... What the funk is that old fart doing? The kid's a... got moved. <laughs> kid's got moved, he's going to get hurt in a minute. What's Funk doing? <laughs> that is probably the most terrible version of a shooting star on uh, yeah, of a moonsault. I've, uh, that is probably the worst version of a moonsault I've seen. But it was effective nonetheless, and he's taken out not only Mick Foley, but a couple of the vendors and a referee as well. I'm sorry, but he's the same age as Vincent Mann, maybe older, and he's trying to attempt a moonsault off there. And like I said, taking out referees and vendors there. That is... You talk I about he's dislocated his shoulder. You talk about hardcore. And Foley up... He's had enough of that damn popcorn. Oh, he's got him up on the table now. Funk is in a lot of trouble. He's not, is he? No! Oh! (laughs) Seated pile driver on Funk through the table. My God. Well, one of these things we've said about Raw these past couple of months is that the matches haven't been great. But they are getting better in this one. This is a definite improvement. This is crazy. I don't know which way he's going to go. Funk... Can hardly move, and Foley's taking him underneath Under the, the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the safest place here. Austin wants the cameraman to get in there. They've disappeared from sight. Cameraman unable to get back there. And the team ever <laughs> will be JR stuck up Steve Austin. <laughs> just, remember, just imagine it, Austin was just a commentator. Oh, we've seen what happened during the break. Throwing Funk across the table, hit, throwing a trash can at it. goes for the cover. Two. Oh, but Funk still managed to get the shoulder up at two. Two, and we're still backstage. 
And Foley's beating up his uh, mentor, Terry Funk. Funk's fighting back and out, just slapping each other and hitting each other. He still might have a discated arm for what happened, and now they're opening up, coming through. And now they're near the big carrier cases. Oh! <laughs> a lava lamp. I think Foley just hit Funk over the way back. And then the ramp. Oh no, Foley's got Funk! Oh! Hit him with a DDT. On the steel ramp, Funk's out of it. One, two. Oh! Funk managing to kick out. Uh-huh. God knows how he's done that. Austin's got another beer on the go. 53 years old Terry Funk is at this point in time and he's still wrestling to this day. Fair play to him and Foley now have got Funk in the ring. So he's 73 now then? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Foley's got wet trousers. Well, Jay, makes a good point. It's all about McMahon's motivation early in the night, isn't it? Get Foley to take to that next level. Funk's in trouble. Oh, eliminates some both from the Royal Rumble. Cactus clothesline there. And now they're near the announce table. Foley lands on his feet. You're going to spill all the beers now. And Funk's now on the announce table. Foley's not finished. <laughs> all empty beers that Austin's moving. Funk, uh, Foley's got a steel chair. Funk's laying prone on the announce table. Oh! oh drops the chair onto the <laughs> back of fo- Funk. He's saying Austin, bang, bang. That's good into Austin as well. Foley talking shit, Austin saying, you ain't got the job done here against Terry Funk yet. Oh! Went for the cover, but Funk showing his toughness and kicking out. Oh. Wow, Jay, so he's not seen a more physical matchup on Raw. It's, it's been pretty hardcore. It uh, has. Double underhook DDT oh. from Foley, though. Hits Funk. One, One two... two. Jesus Christ, Funk managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Even Austin saying that. He's like, God damn, kid. And now Foley, what's he got planned? Not a pile driver. Oh! Seated pile driver onto the steel chair. That has got to be it. Going for the cover. One, two, three. And that finally finished Funk off. Wow, but what a hardcore... It's all about hardcore matches... That's two hardcore legends there, Dan. What do you think? Most definitely, Aaron. That was one of the best matches I've seen in a long while on these flashback roars. Mm. And Foley's still not finished. And he's slamming Funk's head into the chair. Come on now, Foley. Leave him the Funk alone. Austin thinks that's bullshit. Do something about it, Austin. You know, fan of Funks, but you know what to do. And he's still got the beer in his hand. Oh! Throws the beer in Foley's face. And Foley thinks it's Austin, but puts some animal claw in on Patterson. Austin tells him it's me, you stupid son, bitch. <laughs> Foley's like, God damn. Patterson got out quickly from the mandible claw. And Austin and Foley's at on. Oh, yeah, Patterson is up with a chair. Oh, no! Oh! Patterson gets stunned and Foley gets out of dodge. Well, Stone Cold with a stunner and the crowd going absolutely mental. And is Foley the number one contender now? you got to ask yourself. <laughs> well, that's a clip you see a lot of times for Stone Cold as well. 
My God, and what an episode of Raw that is, isn't it? We've had some shocking news, as like uh, Paul Bearer shagged, shagged the Undertaker's mum. Oh, what is this? Vincent Man coming out with the dudettes. Music's playing, and he's got the dude love costume. Oh, and Austin saying, God damn. They're hugging it out, that man has got the monster in Foley that he wants. You talk about conspiracies. I think we just see one here. <laughs> and Austin thinks he's number one. He says, yes, you are the number one contender. And look at my man dancing away. <laughs> Doing the knees. Doing the Tony. <laughs> well, my God, what have we seen him at Man and Foley? Going to challenge Austin. I think Vince man's just been noshed off by one of them dudettes. Yeah, and Foley now checking the back of his head. He takes one of the dudettes off, and that is it for Monday Night Raw. So what do you thought of that episode, Dan? It's certainly been entertaining, and I think it's delivered everything, hasn't it? So it is Monday Night Raw. It's the next episode Monday Night Raw, seeing how excited we are. We move on to Raw 259, May 11th, 1998. And the promo starts recapping last week's main event, and McMahon is the ultimate manipulator. This week's show opens with Jim Ross yelling about Degenerations X's latest assault on the WCW offices in Atlanta. WCW, like the pansies they are, called 911 on DX. We've got footage coming up. Also, we're in Baltimore. Wow. Vincent Man makes his way to the ring and fans treat him to some booze. Our announcers, JR and Michael Cole, say rumours were spreading backstage before the show about the blockbuster announcement JR is going to make tonight. It involved the WWF World Heavyweight Champion, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, my man says the moment that Stone Cold Steve Austin comes through the locker room door, he'll be notified that he must tonight. Notified that he must tonight in a tag team action in this ring live. But right now, I would like to take this opportunity to introduce you to a man who unquestionably is willing to make the sacrifice, willing to make sacrifices that once again he has been named number one contender, ladies and gentlemen. Dude love. But this is not... This is not dude love, though. Well, he's wearing a suit and tie. He's still got his tracksuit bottoms and trainers on, though. But he's got a... Might be a financial times, whatever it is, in his hand there. His hair's been uh, jazzed up a little bit of a shave. He has indeed, yes. <clears throat> and dude love goes on to say, Mr McMahon, last week on this very programme, I seemed somewhat confused as to what my d- identity truly was. I am proud to say only one week later, I know exactly who I am. I'm a well-educated man. I'm a speaker of four different languages. I'm a reader of Greek tragedy and a student on American history. I'm a lover of women. I'm a leader of man. And I am a surprisingly good dancer for a big man. I'm the king of hardcore wrestling. And as Stone Cold Steve Austin will find out at Over the Edge, I am the world's toughest SOB. I am the future World Wrestling Federation champion. I am Dude Love. Dude goes on to say he lost his smile, a.k.a. Shawn Michaels. But unlike the heartbreak kid, Dude Love has found his smile. Well, man says that over the edge, Gerald Briscoe will be the special guest timekeeper. And hey, look at that. Pat, Pat Patterson is going to be the guest ring announcer for over the edge. Hold up, though, folks. There's also going to be a special guest for free. The man's sheer physical presence is nothing short of all inspiring, man says. He is... Nothing happens. My man points at the top of the ramp again and says, hit the music. And once again, nothing happens. My man leaves the ring and walks up the ramp. 
Dude loved Briscoe and Patterson hang out in the ring. Patterson grabs a mic and once more introduces a special guest referee. He is the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. Oh my God. Vince McMahon is gay. Vince McMahon. JR says Austin isn't in the arena and has no idea what's going on. This should help. Oh my God, it's Vince McMahon. He's coming out here. Look how tight and ripped he looks in that referee's top as well. He's bulging out there, isn't he? Don't answer me yet, Dan, because he's coming down to the aisle here and he is jacked. I cannot believe it. And JR says that Austin isn't in the arena and has no idea what is going on. But when he sees this, he's going to be furious. So McMahon... Ripped and all, he's going to be coming out as a special guest referee. Well, he definitely has been on the juice. He really has, hasn't he? And he's mocking Austin by going to that second rope. And now look at these four men raising each other's arms in the middle of the ring. You talk about conspiracy to stop Steve Austin as WF champion. Is this the dream team to do it? Is it? Is Foley, Briscoe, Patson McMahon going to end Austin's dreams? Who knows? Well, Kevin Kelly is backstage waiting for Austin to arrive. He isn't here yet, but Sable is just getting to the arena. Kelly asks for a word and she walks walks right by him. Just like high school, right, Kev? (laughs) Well, anyway, yes, DX invaded Atlanta earlier today, JR says. I guess he means the entire city. How do you know they were in Atlanta? They show the CNN building and add in this. They literally added in with a computer. They even show you just appear out of night. They even show you it just appears out of nowhere. After a commercial break, DX is in Atlanta with their tank. Triple H and badass Billy Gunn walk up to the WCW offices and try to get in, but security stops them. X-Pac says WWF offices are like 15 stories high and WCW offices are lame. So basically what they did to the WCW building is right. WCW sucks, DX rules and stuff like this, which is weird because you remember that angle they did with uh, McMahon years ago when Shawn Michaels Triple H spray-painted WWE headquarters. So, kind of the same thing there, and uh, obviously they did it with computer graphics. No, they obviously spray-painted the CNN building, didn't they? Dickhead. Well, Kelly is backstage, still waiting on Stone Cold. This door starts shaking and moving up, which can only mean one thing. Oh, yeah, it's a guy holding the head of a mannequin. Kelly says it's Al Snow. He has tickets to tonight's show... But the mannequin head made him late with some wrong directions. Kelly directs him to his seat. The head is called Head, according to JR. Makes sense. That does actually make sense. And the next match is Vader versus Barry Windham with New Midnight Express and Jim Cornette. This is Vader's first actual match after being back after spending three months away due to injury. Kane over the edge with a loser being unmasked. Wyndham throws Vader out of the ring and distracts the ref while the Midnight Express double-team him for a bit. Back in the ring, Wyndham tries a sunset flip into a cover but can't bring down Vader who jumps and lands on Vader's chest. Vader hits the Vader bomb and covers for the win. So the Express get in the ring and charge Vader but he clears the ring rather quickly. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to guest on a new show called Celebrity Deathmatch starting on MTV. How long ago was that? Well, during the break, Stone Cold arrived and Kelly spoke to him backstage and let him know all about the guest participants in his over-the-edge title match, as well as his tag match tonight. Austin says, well, that's the biggest bunch of crap I ever hear of. Let's start off with a pay-per-view. Vince, Pat, Jerry Briscoe, it doesn't even qualify with being the Three Stooges, is so pathetic. 
It's just the free jackasses. And Vince McMahon could do whatever he wants, but he ain't never going to jerk this belt away from Stone Cold Steve Austin. As far as tonight goes, I ain't a tag team wrestler no more. Where the hell is Vince? You don't know my opponents. You don't know my partner. Then where's the dumb bastard at? Austin grabs Kelly's mic, says he ain't worth a damn, and walks backstage for it. He starts walking, but the mic won't reach that far. Stone Cold says, arguably the nerdest thing we've ever heard Stone Cold say. Give me some damn slack. <laughs> he gets frustrated, throws the mic down, and walks backstage. And we get a one-on-one match. It's Hulk with Animal and Sunny versus Skull with 8-Ball. Jesus, have I actually run out of singles wrestler? What is this? This one starts with all four men fighting in the ring, but thankfully it clears out pretty quickly, leaving Hulk and Skull to battle out in the ring. Animal and 8-Ball fight briefly outside the ring. Hawk and Skull close on each other. Skull lands a backbreaker on Hawk, who boots Skull in the face when the big man jumps off the top rope. Hawk goes for some kind of suplex, but the Skull but Skull counters with the roll-up cover and steals the victory. JR says he's not sure if that was actually Skull. Nobody is. Seems angry with LOD. A replay shows that JR was right. When Skull was down, 8-Ball rolled him out of the ring and took his place. Well, once again, it's time for clips of DX in Atlanta. The time, this time, they're in the CNN Centre and we get shots of them smiling and looking around and a close-up Xbox saying they can't film because it's not a public property. DX talks to some cops and tell them Ted Turner and tell, tells them to tell Ted Turner they want to talk to him. After a commercial break, JR froze to a clip from earlier today where Bradshaw was teaching Taka Mishinoku how to drive and smoke a cigar. No words on if Taka can do these things separately and Bradshaw was trying to team him to do... And if Bradshaw was trying to teach him to do them together or if Bradshaw was trying to cram two different lessons into one. JR says Bradshaw is like a big brother to Tacker. Tacker gives Bradshaw some money and everything clears up a bit. Bradshaw tells Tacker to go and the car shoots backwards. Bradshaw is angry so he takes off his cowboy hat, slaps Tacker and darts the car forward and almost runs over some fans. They leave to go for a driving test and return only to get jumped in a parking lot by the Kamikaze Club. Well, back in the ring, Tennessee Lee introduces Jeff Jarrett. And that's right, that is T. Yes, and it is Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee versus Farouk with Steve Blackman. And last week, Jarrett cost Farouk and Blackman a tag match. The face Jarrett are over the edge while Farouk will fight the rock with the Nation of Domination banned from ringside. Jarrett and Farouk trade blows for a while until Jarrett is knocked out of the ring. Farouk distracts the ref while Blackman walks over Jarrett. Tennessee Lee runs around, but Blackman scares him off and delivers a vicious kick to Jarrett's face. Well, he rolls Jarrett in the ring where Farouk sets him up for the Dominator. Before he can land it, though, the Nation runs in the ring and distracts Jarrett. Farouk drops his opponent to fend off Karl Mustafa and Mark Henry disqualifying Jarrett. Blackman gets in the ring to help and all four men fight. Jarrett sneaks up and with Blackman and with a pair of fucking nunchucks for reals. He hits Blackman twice in the back and then chokes him with them where Karma and Henry team up on Farouk. After a break, Stone Cold Steve Austin makes his way to the ring and he does not look happy. Goddamn kid! Hello over the edge! Mr. Manson! Jesus Christ! I was like, what? What? Stokehold says that over the edge, Vincent Mann might stack the cards against cars. What a twat this guy is. Uh, over the <laughs> yeah, he stacked cars against him, did he? Uh, over the edge, Vincent Mann might stack the cards against Stone Cold Steve Austin by having a little timekeeper, ring announcer, and himself a special guest referee. But I really don't give a rat's ass about that. 
I ain't going to come out here and cry and complain because it really don't bother me. One, I know you hate my guts and that doesn't bother me because you either like me or you can't stand me. And I feel the same way about you. You want to bring me out here tonight, put me in a tag match and not tell me who my opponents are? Don't tell me who my partner is. The least you could do is bring your little yellow carcass out here and bring me just a little bit of information. I think you owe that to me. If you're any kind of a man whatsoever, you'll come right here in the middle of this ring and tell me exactly what we're doing tonight. Well, but man pops up on a Titan troll and says that they're having a board of directors meeting tonight. Briscoe and Patterson say they haven't talked about his partners or his opponents. Man says this is all they can do to help Austin. Austin says they can cover their eyes, ears and mouths, but they ain't going to cover their asses. And that's where Austin is going to stick his title belt after he defends it. Well, Warzone starts and Jerry King Laura places Cole at the announcer's table. Sable walks to the ring and calls out Mark Mero. JR asks King if he thinks Mero will really get physical with Sable. And King says he'll get physical with her. <laughs> he also says he took some Viagra, which is a weird thing to say to JR. Sable gets a mic and says she didn't think Mero would fight, would like it to get this far. But if he's really willing to fight her, she'll give it her best. Women everywhere weep as soon as she says that Mero lifts her up on his shoulders for a TKO. Yeah, but Mero, like a true gentleman, put Sable down and said he could have murdered her right there. Chris Benoit. But he didn't. Mero, he said only if you had a child. No, but he didn't. Mero, if she apologises, trying to ruin his career, Sable says, here's his apology. Not only does Sable kick Mero in the balls, but she lifts him up and Sable bombs him. Oh my fucking God. Let's just watch it. Right in the fucking tally whacker. That's going to leave a mark, Mero. <laughs> no, she can't sable bomb him, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it looks like she's picking Mark Tardis up for a power bomb. Oh my god, Mero. Now we're going to get oh, right down into the canvas and sable. And the fans celebrate. And this is terrible now. This is brilliant now for Sable, but what's what's this mean? Fans love it. Well, J.R. and King talk at the announcer's table some more about Sable when the Untake appears out of nowhere. He seems angry. Mm. What could he be angry about? Oh, that's right. Last week, King <laughs> saying all those lewd things about Mama Taker and Paul Bearer. <laughs> Mama Taker. <laughs> King trying to swerve his way out of it. So the King got beaten up by Austin last week in commentary, and now the Undertaker's got a problem with him. Well, the Undertaker clocks Lawler twice and rolls him into the ring. Uh-oh, and now it might be the end for Jerry the King Lawler. He's not done yet. The Undertaker looking to lift him up for a tombstone. But the lights go out. Oh, no. And Kane and Bearer walk out on top ramp, on top of the ramp. <laughs> top of the ramp to you. To the top of the ramp. Or Bearer says either the truth must hurt the Undertaker bad, or he doesn't believe what Bearer said a few weeks ago. And that, he is Kane's father. Oh, chokeslam to the king. Bearer says next week he'll prove to Undertaker and the whole world that he is Kane's father. Undertaker, Bearer and Kane go on Maury. Or Jeremy Kyle. Kane and Bearer leave. King tries to escape and Undertaker catches him. He has some unfinished business. So the lights just got out. King, Jerry the King got chokeslammed. Looked to be tombstone, but now saved. I say saved. He's already been a shit kicked out of him, hasn't he? Fuck off, Al Snow. After a commercial break, Al Snow and Head have joined the broadcast team. And, ah, oh, look at that. Head has a headset. Yeah, that's it. I just want to see what he does to the King. 
So the King now has just been choked. So I finally get to his feet after Kane and Bearer leave. Oh no. The King's in trouble. And a tombstone for the King. So it's not been the King's night. But the other thing gets a little bit of retribution after last week. Um, yeah, that cute head having a little headset. Oh, nice. Well, JR says Al might get in trouble and Al asks if he's going to fire him. He's really tried to quit. Some WF officials walk over to get him and he says he needs to see Vince. Holy shit, you guys. After the officials walk Al Snow backstage, the show cuts to DX in Atlanta from earlier today. I think DX blew up the CNN building. <laughs> it's hard to tell if this was real or not, but they fired a missile at the building and blew it up. But it's 1998 and computers are pretty good. They might not have done it. But then again, it's DX and they don't give a shit about rules. They would totally murder thousands of people. <laughs> well, DX make their way to the ring triumphantly and with blood, with blood of thousands on their hands. X-Pac yells about how DX is awesome and Eric Bischoff isn't a man. Triple H yells about the ladies in the house. There's some new theme music starts up and it's Owen Hearts. We know this because in the theme, Owen yells, enough is enough and it's time for a change. Owen says he's heard enough from DX and he and Triple H have some unfinished business. Helmsley says if Owen wants, he's in the ring waiting. Owen walks down to the ring, but right before he gets in, he stops and motions for some people to join him. The Nation of Domination walk out to a new theme themselves. This one with a kind of mellow, low-backing track and The Rock just speaking catchphrases like Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? And others about laying the smackdown. So it is European champion Triple H with Badass Billy Gunn, Road Dog, Jesse James, X-Buck and China versus... Owen Hart with The Rock, D'Lo Brown, Carmen Mustafa and Mark Henry, not for the title. Well, after the break, this unscheduled singles match is underway and Jim Cornette has joined the broadcast team since King had to leave to get medical treatment. Owen is control early on, landing a suplex on Helmsley. Triple H turns things around and some DX members get shots in on Owen while the ref isn't looking. Helmsley lands a big pile driver on others and Owen kicks out. Ah. <clears throat> I think what's really interesting about this, and yes, we've seen Owen Hart and Triple H uh, a few times now, especially looking back and 20 years on it, but this is the first interaction. I mean, you have to be an idiot not to work this out. First interaction between the nation and D-Generation X now. So this would be kind of the building block for the next kind of year or so. Arguably even longer if you look at Triple H and the Rock's careers. They've been joined already and now they're kind of being pushed together again, if you know what I mean, in, in that kind of way. So it's interesting to see his story. And it's kind of thanks to Owen because Owen has got a problem with Triple H. And maybe this was part of joining the nation was the fact that he had numbers on his side then. So we'll see if... Uh, Owen can be successful as Triple H hits a big knee there. He's got DX uh, coming on. So who you favour in this one? What group at this moment in time would you say? I'd have to say DX. Yeah. They seem to have a bit more personality. I know Nation have The Rock, but it's only The Rock on the Nation side that's really a talker and doing something where you've got the New Age Outlaws, you've got Triple H, and you know, you've even got China in some mm. parts as well. Well, it's weird you ask you know, who, who become bigger members you look at DX and think it would be their team but you know if time has taught us anything with Mark Henry with his success that he's had and the rock you was maybe the nation kind of get it in that way if you look at you know world championships and things like this with Triple H kind of being the only true success it's a shame kind of DX we well, did have lots 13 of them 12 of them 10 
what, Triple H? Yeah, Triple H had a few. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Rock's, Rock's had like seven or eight, hasn't he? So yeah. he's had a few as well with tag team success for DX. Yeah, but they could, they could achieve more if, if they worked along. But it's good to see the start of it. It's called Godfather as well at ringside alongside D'Lo Brown. And now Triple H got Owen for the pile drop. Goes for the cover, but Owen managing to kick out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Owen plants Triple H with a DDT, and the nation are looking on, smirking. No doubt. Well, they are. He's actually smoking a cigar, the Godfather. So <laughs> He seems to be more Godfatherish. Yeah, he's got the kind of cap on now, hasn't he? And he's got the old waistcoat. Chilling but, out. You know, you've got the tag team champions, you've got the European champion, and you've got the intercontinental champion all being represented at ringside here. Yeah, so it really is the kind of mid card. If you look at the mid card and what they're doing in uh, WCW compared to WRF, they really are trying to give these guys a chance now. They're going to dominate, like you say, the matches. And if you look at like the overall card and stuff, it's kind of DX and Nation. You can rely on you trying to build stars. Like we said, they're all young guys, apart from maybe Owen Hart who's been around a while. They're all still up-and-comers. And they would be feuding over the European title, tag team titles throughout the majority of 98. That's a nice elbow by Owen Hart, though. Oh, But Triple H managing to kick out. Ah. Wearing his CNN tour pass around his waist. Because he hasn't got a shirt to clip it onto. No, and of course, they're in the... Um, Triple H is in the... Oh, fucking Triple H wearing camouflage, isn't he? Because of course they went to war with uh, WSW. Well, they're blowing up the CNN <laughs> centre, so I think they've won this war. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of over and done with. And now Owen distracts the ref, and the rest of the nation beat down on the back of Triple H's head. But X Park and Road Dog make their way around to try and break it up. And Owen hits a par driver on Triple H. Triple H manager to kick out. Oh. So W so DX have attacked. WCW. Do you think we'd see any response from WCW as we go on to watch Nitro in a minute? We'll catch up with those two episodes. I'm I wonder... sure they'll have something to do or say about it. Well, Owen Hart going for the spinning heel kick that got the match won for him last week, but Triple H dodges it. And you could say Triple H has got Owen Hart's number at this moment in time. Oh, he's ripped to Owen. <coughs> Owen ducks. Oh, catch a Triple H with an Enziguri, though. He's celebrating a bit too soon. He's saying, that's it. I did it. And all the way to the top. And oh. Triple H is up though. Crutches Owen on the top. And Owen fighting Triple H off. Headbutt. And he's biting his ear. Oh, wow. Much like Owen did to Shamrock a few weeks ago. Well, I think it's good that he's biting his ear, not his nose. Because otherwise there'll be uh, unparable damage there. Owen off the top, and oh! Oh, China sweeping his legs, crutching him on the top. And now China's got a chair, but this might start saying at ringside. And all the nation members are backing off from China, who's wielding a chair. And some officials come in to try and break it up. Well, is this fight going to start? China's got in the ring now. And so is the rest of DX, and Owen's stuck here. And that was nice. And wasn't it close line out of the ring at harm's way with the rest of the nation? So I think there's underlining tensions between the nation and DX. I don't think this one's over. This would be good building for around Survivor Series. And Commissioner S. Laughter calls this match a draw. Who, um... After a commercial break, Goldust walks out in all black without any makeup on. 
He has his gold dust costume with him, along with a barrel, gasoline, and some matches. Shall we? Yeah, well, he sets it on fire. And then he says... It's on fire, baby! Um, <laughs> Dusty Rose, my dad, he's on fire, baby! He says, Vincent, man, I've worked too damn hard for you for three years. The Rose name goes way, way back. It has a lot of pride, a lot of dignity in it. What I don't have right now is that dignity because of you. Because you took that dignity away from me because of your sick imagination. You yet cost... You've yet cost me to lose my father, Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. But most of all, you've caused such heartache with me losing my wife, Terry and Dakota. And why? Over a wig, over being a freak. And yet you still punish me by sticking in the ring with Kane. Sticking me in the ring with Kane because I couldn't beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. You punish me every day. Well, that just ain't going to get no more. You look right dead in these flames, Vincent Man. Right now, right here. Goldust dies tonight. And Vincent, man, you look into my teared eyes and you will never forget the name of... Dustin. Dustin. So the next match is Terry Funk and Two Cold Scorpio versus Ty and Ty with Yamaguchi-san. So I don't think we know any of the wrestlers' names yet, but their manager says about Americans sucking for a bit. And as you never know where Kantai will come from. Uh, and says you never know where Kantai will come from. As he says that, they pop out from under the ring and attack the Funk Brothers. Not their actual tag name. It's a three-on-two tag match, yet Kantai get to be... in. To be all in the ring at once, apparently. While two beat on Scorpio, Funk beats on dude named Togo outside the ring. They keep on teaming up on Scorpio. In the room, these guys are like four feet tall and just starts beating the life out of them. He powerbombs one. Scorpio goes for a moonsault, but the Kai and Tao member rolls away before he hits it. They land a pretty cool triple drop kick on him. Funk comes in the ring and takes on all three at once. He fends them off for a bit, but they finally overwhelm him. Tucker Mishinoku and Bradshaw run out, attack Kai and Tai, and get Funk and Scorpio disqualified. Bradshaw whips them with an insanely thick rope, and Kai and Tai flee through the crowd. Well, backstage, Vince is talking to someone we can't see, telling the mystery person Austin has never had a physical presence like him or her as a tag team partner. After the break, Al Snow is trying to get into the arena, but he seems to have lost his ticket and he gets tossed again. The nation make their way to the ring. Rock says, finally, the fire between Stone Cold and The Rock reignites. He says, unless Stone Cold's partner is Godzilla, he doesn't stand a chance. Well, Stone Cold makes his way to the ring. Once he's in the ring, McMahon gets on the microphone to announce that Austin's partner is Vince McMahon. What? What? No. What? No. What? No. So it is The Rock and Dino Brown with Carmen Stuff and Mark Henry and Owen Hart. Versus Stone Cold Steve Austin and Vincent Mann. But at least they've got Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patson in their corner. So Austin cannot believe he's got Vincent Mann. And he's coming out wearing the referee's costume as well. Referee's costume? Referee's t-shirt. And The Rock tries to attack early. But Austin sees him coming. He dodged it. He's like pissed on fire. <laughs> Signing the crowd. I'm taping Nitro. But it's Rock and Austin right now. Rock dodges a clothesline. Tries to roll up Austin. Austin pushes him off. Looking for that stunner quickly and the rock 
Scarpa's out the ring. D'Lo comes in from behind. When he gets clothesline for his trouble. Austin throws D'Lo out the ring. And now he's got Patson Briscoe. <laughs> oh, gives them a meeting of the minds. And Chases a... the rock up the ramp. Oh. Clotheslines him down. Well, the rock thought he was leaving. Austin said he'll just kick anybody's ass. He's got a fight on his hands over the edge, but tonight he's got the nation to worry about. Sure, right. he's got Vince McMahon as a tag team partner. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I forgot about that. Thrown into the apron. And Austin hangs the rock up, throat first over Barry Cade. <laughs> rock turned around right at the right moment, didn't he? You probably saw it on the big screen. <laughs> and Austin's got rock. Oh! Flexes the man, goes for the cover, but the Intercontinental Champion managing to kick out. But uh. man, not happy about this. Tags in D-Lo. Everything's going to be fine. D-Lo's in now. <laughs> he takes out Stone Cold. Irish whip. Austin dodges one. Now Lufez press. <laughs> right hands! Calm down, JR. It'll be fine. D-Lo into the turnbuckle. Now Irish whip. It's reverse low. Oh. D-Lo throws Austin over the opposite. Over the opposite rope. <laughs> Patterson gets a kick in. Now it's the Rock's turn. He hangs up Austin on barricade while Mark Henry distracts. Turnabout's fair play. Austin was doing that to the Rock. <laughs> Austin was doing that to the Rock, wasn't he? So, you know, it's all fair. Now Rock throws Austin in. See, even the Rock's not a true main eventer right now. We're still getting involved in kind of matches, you know, like the Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff that's been involved in the main event of Raw. It's obviously got high hopes at that stage. But it's the type of timing that they could do, couldn't it? They could take the time of the rock. They didn't have to thrust him straight into the main event picture. They could just take their time, put him in certain situations with Austin. Unfortunately, now Austin's got rock on the outside. He tagged himself in and Austin taking himself out on those stairs. Rock taking the fight to him. And even Austin's journey in itself. You know, it's still a two-year journey to get to where he was at WrestleMania 14. We had the King of the Ring that he had, the Royal Rumble win in 97, of course, the feud with Brett, and everything like that, all building to a path. It's exactly the same with The Rock. He's he's fighting with greatness, but he's just not there yet. Would he make it at the end of 1998? Goes for the cover on Austin. Austin managed to kick out. Uh. And look at the man, he's smirking, Dan. No, James, he isn't smoking a cigarette. He's just got a smile on his face because he sees Austin getting beaten down. Yeah, he does. But then, you know, you can look at The Rock's journey. What is it, 2000, he wins the Rumble? People's elbow. Ooh. Lands it. He's done that a couple of times now, only that different nip up there for The Rock. Well, it's like a backwards roll up to his feet. And now The Rock's got the sleeper in Austin, and Austin's got no one to tag. Vince says, look, tag me in, damn it. Oh, fair play to the man. The tag, he come and clean house anyway. And Austin now fighting out the submission for The Rock. Big right hands. The Rock is, well, rocking. And now it's Austin's turn to get a sleeper on The Rock. On oh, McMahon's in to help, but referee's stopping him. Oh. D-Lo in from behind. But there was no tag there. Well, that's not fair. D-Lo with a slam to Steve Austin. Going to the second rope now. Look at the drop the elbow. Shoulder up at two. Two. Give D'Lo Brown a real push. D'Lo takes the rock back in. To work with Steve Austin. Bringing him back down with that side headlock. Fans not happy what they're seeing. To be fair at the moment, this is the biggest handicap match in WWF history. Because not only have you got the rock and D'Lo Brown with Mark Henry and Owen Hart at ringside, but you put him at man. Hey, Bris- Who? 
and Karma. Calm. You think about it, it's the biggest handicap match in WWE history because you've got not only Rock and D-Lo, Mark Henry, Carter out there, but you've got Patterson, Briscoe, and McMahon. It's eight on one, goddammit. Rock going for the rock bottom. No, Austin managing to get out of it, looking for a clothesline. Oh, oh and both men hit each other. Rock tells Vince he's number one. Look at D-Lo just comes in leg drops Steve Austin. Slams Austin down. We know it's time for. No. Tagging in D-Lo. He wants D-Lo to go up. Is he feeling froggy? Ribbit. Why don't you just jump? Oh, Austin moves out the way. That's why Paddy chest protector now. And D-Lo look up. D-Lo. And Austin looking for the tag to McMahon. Looks Ah. up. Gives him (laughs) the double finger. McMahon furious. Rocks in. Rock's down three times now. D-Lo gets knocked down. A meeting of the minds for the Rock and D-Lo. <laughs> and now Austin stuck walking it dry in the Rock. Oh. Throws D-Lo Brown into the top turnbuckle. Hits him with a stunner. Rock though's going to stop it. Oh. oh, looking for the elbow drop to break it up. Catches D-Lo Brown. Austin goes over the top. No, Rock goes over the top. Rock's Vince McMahon comes in. <laughs> Rock's over the top, but McMahon comes in. Clothesline Steve Austin. Patterson and Briscoe in to give Austin the soles of their feet. Well, they are real hills, aren't they? And now they pick up Austin. McMahon's going to have his way, is he? Uh-oh. Austin fights them off. And McMahon goes out to safety. And Foley's in. Oh, he runs through Austin. It's nine on one now. And go away with it. Dustin Reynolds is in. DX, DX is in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's all gone crazy as we stop. No, you stop it. My God, so the end of the episode, SNL lines drawn, definitely. Austin and Foley feud, Nation versus DX. And what is Goldust going to do now as well? I mean, quite a incredible two episodes of Raw there, isn't it, Dan? Most definitely, yeah, and it's certainly certainly evolving the stories too over the edge as well. Yeah, and that is going to be the pay for you watch at the end of next episode. But now we move on to WCW Nitro. So we do start WCW Monday Nitro. We come over to WCW and see what they do here. It's Nitro episode 138. It's a May the 4th be with you. And we get video start from Nitro last week, introducing Colin, the fucking moron, to the Wolfpack. Why is this important, Dan? You tell me why Colin joined the Wolfpack to Bolton. He is an integral part of the Wolfpack stable. Fuck but then, you. <laughs> before we get into that, we do have the opening title. We do, and Tony welcomes us to a sold-out Indianapolis, Indiana. And it's only two hours because of the NBA. Yeah. So, Larry, Mike, with Tony then, and last time we had left things, the NWA were divided. Sides had been set, Nash in one corner, Hogan in the other. Who would join whose groups? Before we get any of that, we've got the Nitro Yeah. Yeah! And Tony tells us there's two sides of the NWA. And Brian Adams is Team Hogan. We get a recap video of Nash and Macho from Nitro last week. 
And then the first match, Chavo with Eddie versus, before we get there... Well, Eddie grabs the mic and says he's going to set an example here. This is brilliant. He said he's going to set an example. He said how Guerrero is the best uh, and how he is the best pound-for-pound wrestler in WWE. Look, you can see him getting ready in the ring now. We get a massive Eddie Sucks chance. But quite incredibly, Eddie calls out Scott Norton. Then we get the dreaded NWO yeah. for life. For life. And Larry says Eddie is out of his mind. But Eddie Guerrero now is ready for this. Look, Scott Norton must be twice the size of Eddie Guerrero. But Guerrero is going to show what a true warrior is. He's doing his press-ups and getting prepared to do this. Charles Robinson in the middle of the ring. And this is going to be Eddie saying, look, Charvo, you get in there. You see what I can do. Here we go. Eddie says he's going to use his intelligence to get this victory. Oh, no. Well, it looked like they're going for a collar and elbow tie, but I think Eddie tweaked his knee. Oh, no. What a horrible misfortune that is. Well, Eddie wanted to fight. Oh, you said he can't do it. He says, Chavo, can you fight him for me? My knee is busted. You can do this, Chavo. Use your intelligence. Use what I've taught you. You have the Guerrero in your jeans. What a horrible thing to happen to Eddie, you know? Hurting himself there. And he's making sure Chavo's ready for the match. Gives him a hug and <laughs> throws him in. <laughs> but Eddie there, oh, that's a shame. Well, we were going to see Guerrero. But, well, we are still going to see Guerrero versus Norton. But uh, it's going to be Chavo instead of Eddie because Eddie has unfortunately hurt his knee. Well, that is, that is bad. That, we hope Eddie's not too seriously injured. Well, I hope Chavo's not too seriously injured now <laughs> after this. Norton seems to be enjoying himself. A couple of chops in the corner to Charvo. And a big shoulder bars him down. <laughs> and Eddie's disappointed already. Oh, my God. Gorilla press slam. Oh, no. Come on. He's injured. Norton trying to grab Eddie. Oh, and Charvo attacks him from behind. That's it, Charvo. Work on the leg now. Charvo saying to Eddie, you're all right. He goes, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Get in the ring and finish him. <laughs> Chavo's up, but unfortunately, so is Norton. But Chavo goes down low, takes out the knee of Scott Norton. Charles Robinson in the ring officiating. Yeah, he looks so well, doesn't he? And Chavo now, oh god, a scoop power slam there from Norton plants Chavo. And let's not forget, Dan, the NWO is for life. And he's up with a shoulder breaker. This could be the end for Charvito. He points at Eddie. Oh! And an easy victory for Scott Norton. No. Oh. Disappointment on Eddie's face. And Ultimo Dragon coming out here. He must not be happy with the tricks Eddie's pulling. And Dragon checking on Charvo. And he's kind of being the, uh, the kind of father figure that Charvo needs. And Eddie's saying, what the fuck are you doing? That's, that's my nephew. You get your own one. And Dragon saying, yeah, all right, no problems. But I just want to make sure he's all right. So, weird thing going on there with Dragon and Eddie involved, but we do move on. And the next match is... Scott Putski versus Billy Kidman. Interesting fact here. Scott was a light heavyweight in WWF and he suffered a horrible injury versus Brian Christopher at Ground Zero, 1997. I don't know if you remember that. He dived out the ring and his knee was kind of the other side. He's coming to a slightly different um, outfit now. But still, he's serious. And he's going against Kidman. Yes, that's in control early on. Yeah, but Kidman uses the Hurricane Runner. 
to get back into it. Let's just watch the end of this classic. And he's talking to the crowd rather than uh, Coach trying to Putsky. Now forearm by Kidman. Oh my god! Well, I'm trying to join the Putsky Kidman match and I can't. Because it looks like Kevin Nash, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Conan are coming out here through the crowd. And look, what are they wearing, Dan? They're not wearing. They're wearing the red and black. What? What? What's that? They seem more of a wolf pack. Well, they're coming out here like a pack, you would say, through the crowd. Big man Nash climbing. I think he's fallen. But there was still a match going on in the ring, God damn it! I'm going to try and enjoy Billy Kidman versus Putsky. Oh, I can't. Nash now making his way in. There's Macho and there's Useless Von Conan. Oh! Big Boot and Nacho. Uh, and Nacho. Ma- Mash and Nacho. <laughs> Mash and Nacho. <laughs> Nash and Macho there. Uh, getting Scott and Billy out the ring. Yep, jackknife to Scott Putsky there by Kevin Mash. And the Nacho Man. <laughs> and Conan Orderly. Oh, fuck off. So they grabbed the mic. Anyway, that's all that's important was that bit there. I've just lost it. Found it. So it's the debut of the Red and Black. And Nash is on the mic. And what's he say, Dan? Shout out to my boy Scott Hall. Well, Bish and Hogan say he's too hot for live TV. Well, Bish says... Bish, Hogan says he's too hot for TV. At pay-per-view, Wolfpack's hungry and they're going to adjust things bones. Yeah, and like I said, they've got new colours. It's a red and black attack. And a message for Hogan... We each get a crew, then rendezvous. Yeah, Macho grabs a stick and he goes, Oh, yeah, pop Hogan's bald head and the ugly little maggot Brett. You've got a match with me and I'll screw you out of everything. Back to Nash. He says, I hope you're watching, Hollywood, because we've got a newest member. And it is, oh, my God. Kurt Hennig. I'd like to listen to what Conan has to say. Fuck off. You... <laughs> Arriba la raza, orale. Kurt Henning coming out here. Brian Adams trying to stop him, but he's still wearing the uh, black and white. And Nash says, back off, Hogan Stooge. And what's Henning doing? Oh, no. Fuck that shit. Right. New rowdy, rowdy. Odale, arriba la raza. Wow. So, a bit of a surprise. Kurt Henning is the newest member of the Wolfpack coming out here. And then Coney gets the mic and talks nonsense. Bowdy, bowdy, we rowdy, rowdy, yodi, arriba la raza. Uh, Hogan's mascot is Brian Adams. He challenged him. So we see what he said. So we're going to see Brian Adams versus Conan later tonight. Yay! Nash then challenged Luger and wants Sting to watch, so that's our main event. Then look at Raven. <laughs> he doesn't remember never being alone. He didn't follow the rules. It's quite a cool video. Filmed in a cell with childhood videos of Raven talking about the pain. Quote the Raven, nevermore. Yeah, WWE did... <laughs> WF did a similar thing with Mankind being introduced and then le- learning more last year. Perhaps WWE wants the same with Raven so we find out more about his childhood and why he actually is the Raven character. And Raven rules and quote the Raven the two main things that are pushing as well. I think as a character, kind of works well and there's a lot of potential there. Next, a clip from last week, and it's Jericho, and he's mocking Juve and, well, everyone, and he's in action now. Yay! So there's a sign in the crowd that says, Jericho beats Goldberg. I'm not going to disagree with that. 
So commentators call him a jerk and a horrible person. It's a jerk out of proper guy at Malenko. Having a go at his family, his legacy, everything. Saying he should stay at home and not bother. Boras Malenko? So there's a guy dressed like Malenko. But it's Boras. Now, do you know who Boras Malenko is, Dan? Johnny Boone. Yeah. I do you know that? <laughs> yeah, Johnny Boone. Now, Johnny Boone... How many matches do you think he had in WCW? He was in there from 1996 to 1999. Uh, three years, once a month, so that'll be 60... 60- You're close. He had six matches in WCW overall in that period. The first being uh, WCW Saturday Night Taping, losing to Disco Inferno June 19th, 1996. He's like Ty Dillinger, only one. He is only one. Uh, he would lose March 19th, 1997, Saturday night table to Kevin Sullivan. And then he's facing Chris Jericho right now. I'm not going to give away the, the result because this is going to be a contested match in a four on Jericho's trunks and the one on Boras's trunks. This should be a great technical match. If he's anything like Dean Malenko, Boris Malenko will be a great addition to the WWE roster. Well, now he's got Jericho down on the arm. But Jericho, to his credit, Stops Boras and then kicked to the midsection. Oh my god, Boras there nearly got the cover. Jericho, look at the shock on his face with that. Couldn't believe how close that was then. And a slap to Boras. Big clothesline, slams him down. Kicked to the midsection and a chop by Jericho. Showing his vicious side now. Irish whip and Boras gets caught up. Into the line tamer. And that is over and done with. I can tell you in a state of shock, Dan, with <laughs> Boras Malenko. And it's true. He lost this, but what a great match it was. Can I just say that Disco Inferno, when he faced Johnny Bone, it was on November the 3rd. So that was Jericho in just a classic Jericho, that was. Showed his best hillside and taking out Boras Malenko. But unfortunately, we have to move on. So there's Jericho mocking not only Dean, but his father, Boris. And I wonder if he'll ever get his comeuppance. Hmm? I doubt that very much. And we get Nitro Girls! Yes, and Alex Wright. Yeah, yeah he starts dancing. But security takes him away. Next, a clip of Hogan from Nitro last week calling everybody he doesn't support him a joke yeah next up Jimmy Hart with Hugh Morris and Barbarian carting tables they're in action versus public enemy who are carrying weapons a street fight grunge whips high but Jimmy gets involved what Jimmy grunge whips a lot but Jimmy gets involved it's the same match as last trash can shots <coughs> Barbarian drops Rocco in the bin head first oh, that's quite cool and Hugh and Rocco brawl and Jimmy helps Barbarian off the top for a table after Grunge moved. Um, Morris Gorilla presses Rocco to the outside for a table. Jimmy's tries to help but hits Hugh with a trash can. And Grunge catches Hart, strips him and splashes him and pins him. Cluster and fuck come to mind. Mean Gene on stage and he brings out Brian Adams. He shouts, Mean Gene, go out and get a couple of shut the hell up. Yeah. He's Hogan's main enforcer. Hogan made the NWO and wrestling. He's done more than the Wolfpack times 10. Conan, you want a challenge? I'll beat you because I'm too sweet. A video of Booker and Benoit from Sting Pans. Sting Stampede. Sting Stampede. <laughs> Ding bang beep. A video of Booker and Benoit from Spring Stampede, both arguing 
what happened? Chris tapped, and Booker said Benoit threw ref into him at Slambury. There's a rematch. Yeah, so Benoit saying he threw the referee into him intentionally, and at Slambury, the next WWE pay-per-view, we're going to get a rematch for the TV title. That should be good. Heenan joins the table, and Bobby Happy at Nash wants to destroy Hogan. A clip of Brett from Nitro talking shit about Macho and why him and Hogan. Mm-hmm. Well, both cl- both clips shown and no real answers apart from used. Macho arriving and getting beaten up. So literally the whole thing from last week, we see again. And we get fireworks. Yeah, and it's the second hour. Tony and Brett never said why he did it. He thinks Brett is NWO Hogan. Yeah, so, I mean, we're just guessing if Brett has joined him or not. Saturn's out with Kidman in action versus... Van Hammer. Yeah, and Kidman says it's a loser leaves the flock match. No flocking interference. No, and power moves to Saturn. But Perry gets booted up and starts hitting kicks in the corner. Yeah, a split, split screen and the flock watching on. Saturn jumps off the top but gets turned into a power slam. Hammer superplex. It's gone. Saturn hangs on. Saturn hangs hammer on top rope and then hits a leg drop off the top. Well, the chair introduced and Perry uses it. Let <laughs> go my team. Chair introduced and Perry uses it to hit poetry in motion. Shit, hang on, go back a little second. So Saturn looks to be on top and then all of a sudden, so Saturn just uses the chair on hammer and he's set up again. Second time, though, he hits the ref because Van Hammer pulls the ref in the way. And now Hammer's got the chair. Saturn's up. Oh, but drop kicks the chair into Van Hammer's head. And now, well, it looks like a drinks man or something like that's come in. Does he know where he is, this vendor? This vendor must be lost. Well, Saturn's got Hammer on his shoulders. That went everywhere. All those drinks, all those glasses. Oh, and he got hit in the back of the head with a chair, lands on Saturn. Referee makes a count. Saturn's gone from the flock. What the flock? And the flock can't believe it. It's DDP with a cowbell and a stop sign. And he's beating the flock out of the flock. <clears throat> but I think he wants to lead the Raven. I think this is not finished yet. Oh. Throws Raven into like a... Into a roller shutter door. <laughs> He's got a noose tied round his neck now, or a bit of rope tied round Raven's neck. And Paige is bringing Raven, I think, out here. Oh, my God, they're bringing the fire out here, and Raven, ooh, gets thrown on the ramp. <laughs> Paige summoning the fireworks. He's better than Kane at that. <laughs> yeah. He's got Raven now round the neck. Big DDP chance. Ooh. Oh, he drags Raven into the ring. The Raven hits DDP with a low blow. No, oh, that's cheap shot. And Paige is down. And now Raven's got Paige. Using the cowboy. He's going to go DDT. The even flow DDT. But he doesn't hit it, though. Paige stops him. Shoulder blocks him in there. Now throws him over the top rope with the rope around Raven's neck. He's hanging him. Oh, my God. We need to get the police out. We need to get security out. This is crazy. Raven's in serious trouble. My God, we go to an ad break. Wow. We've just seen a hangover. I don't know how we're going to recover from that. 
Nitro Girls! Yeah. Back in the room. Sick boy with Horace in our next match. We see a clip from last week and Juve getting beaten the F up. Yeah, but now he wants payback. Sick boys on the attack early. This is a match designed to show the heart and determination of Juve, who keeps getting beaten but always kicked out. Juve uh. makes a comeback, but both slip on the wet mat. Yeah, and a springboard drop kick and a Juve driver. And just as Juve went up for 450, Horace interfered. It's a two-on-one, but Juve fights back. Yeah, so let's see the end of it. So Juve shows all the spirit in the world, but gets beaten up. It's a damn shame. He just hasn't got the juice to beat two men. It's just a shame no one out there has got the balls to come out, do something about this. Oh, he doesn't need it. Juve dodges, and Sick Boy hits Horace. And now Juve with the forearms. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And this is big man Reese Dan. Look at the size of this one. He's huge. Oh, wait a minute. Goldberg. Hops oh. over the ring. Spears one. Well, he's no, spe- he's not going to be able to my race. He's he? speared sick boy. Now what's he doing? He jacks him up. Hammers oh. him down. Goes for the cover. Realises it's not a match. Well, Goldberg, world order, he's out and the fans gone crazy. Reese is in the ring, twitching. Oh, my God, the most intense man in the WCW. So, Goldberg makes an impact on Nitro. And up next, it is Mean Gene Oakland out here. And he's on the stage. He asks, what's going on with you and Scott? Well, Rick says he wants Scott to come out here and sort this out. Does he actually want to be a styler brother or is one of them going to be left laying? I mean, this storyline has been going on now for a couple of months, and we're finally getting this moment. I mean, this would have happened maybe a week, two weeks after the actual incident. Do you know what I mean? As opposed yeah. to, you know, well, let's just do this shit and then see what happens. Oh, so Scott Steiner's coming out here on crutches, looking injured, but he is wearing his NWO t-shirt. Yeah, well, NWO, James, it's not just for Christmas. It's for life. For life. So Scott basically says that he does want to get back with Rick and he wants to be a Steiner again and not a member of the NWO. You can see the tears in Scott Steiner's eyes. This is how much of the emotion is for him, you know? He can't believe it. Can I trust you again? Can I trust you? Mean Gene saying, look, don't be horrible. He's your brother. Blood is thicker than water. Yes, the NWO is for life, but... well, Family's for longer. Family's even longer, yeah. Rick's saying, if you want to make this work, we'll make this work. <laughs> you stab me in the back, though. I will hunt you. I'll hunt you till you die. Till you die. Oh, look. Nice little hug, hug there by the Steiners. Oh, and that beautiful moment. It's nice to see no shenanigans when it comes to... Oh, no. Oh. Brian Adams comes out with a baseball bat at the back of Rick. And, and now Scott lifting the crutches. I don't think he's really injured. A shoulder breaker from Brian Adams. And they too sweet. Well, it tells Tony that I think Scott's lying a little bit, but how can Rick be drawn into this? So Scott wants to be in the NWO, and I mean, if Brian Adams is associated with Hollywood, I assume he's part of that organisation. Look at Brian Adams, he's smirking. No, James, he isn't smirking a cigarette, he's just got a smile on his face. Well, heinous action there, but we're back from the break, and uh, we're just going to see the man who caused all that damage, Brian Adams. He's going to be 
It's going to be NWO versus Wolfpack for one of the first times we're going to see. Unfortunately, the Wolfpack member is Conan, which is not great. But it will be fun to see the Wolfpack versus, uh, I guess it's NWO Hollywood, you know, if Hogan's the main man. Nadam's coming out here, calls part of the DOA last year. Do you think he's in a better part thanks to the move to uh, WCW? He's, I think he's in pretty much the same position he was in before. He's just a big man. He's got the size, but there's something really special about him. But, I mean, to his credit, he would hang around with um, WCW for a while. You know, obviously, he's pissed Vincent Mann off, but with uh, Team Chronic later on when they faced John Taker and Kane in 2001. Conan, on the other hand, never made the move to uh, WWE, thank goodness. Uh, I just, I don't like him. I really don't like him. I mean, what do you like about Conan? Because I know you're a Conan fan. You're a Wolfpack fan, Dan. Go on, sell me a Wolfpack slash Conan. I don't know, it's not so much Conan. Uh, you know, he's he's never been what you'd say like a, an integral part of the Wolfpack. <clears throat> he's just um, a number. But you say that. Nash and, and Macho's first acquisition was Conan. Obviously, they must have been saying that they saw it. You know, I, I hate Conan myself, but it's obviously putting him in a position on the card, you know. As he wraps his jacket round Brian Adams and starts punching early. Using his jacket to choke him out as well, but these are, you know, these are just two awful wrestlers. Do you think this is what killed the NWO? What terrible wrestlers? Well, yeah, exactly. If you want to see Wolfpack versus, um, are you expecting Hogan versus Nash or something like this? You're not expecting Conan versus Brian Adams. You know, these B B plus players, so to speak. But then, if you if you give them, you know, what they want straight away. What's the point? It's like, you know, it's just like what Raw's doing now at the moment or SmackDown's doing at the moment, giving Daniel Bryan dream matches away for free. But you, want, a, you want, you know, you want to say, like, this is what our B team can do. Maybe, like, a B plus, a couple of B pluses go at it. And then for the people of A, a star members going one on one. Yeah, I know. I, I, I understand that. But unfortunately for WSW, the main event, you know what I mean, is um, Nash and Luger here tonight. And you know they're going to have Hogan and matches. So they blew their wads having these kind of matches on Nitro anyway. So they, they, they were just about... Look at Goldberg coming up in the next couple of months. Goldberg versus Hogan. That's going to be on Nitro. They give that away, lose all that buy rate. I think if you're going to concentrate on the story, you don't dilute it by don't care about. You know? And I think this is the NWA pro- problem. It started off as a three-man group which was fine, and then it escalated into what we see now. But Brett's just come out, bounced Conan's head off the barricade, and thrown him back in the ring. Is he part of NWO? Well, that's what it looks like now. He's definitely against Wolfpack. He's not wearing the NWO colours, but he's been uh, pretty forward in his support for Hogan in recent weeks. And now this might be Adam's uh, chance. Would you reckon Brett and Hogan are both... Thoroughly enjoying a moment of being heels because, you know, in WWE there was always a facey McFace face. I think that's the case. I think with Brett, I think you can still have a face, but he's he's done this and he said he's done it to be in the limelight. So maybe his only chance was to kind of buddy up to Hogan and Brett has to play the politics of WCW as well. So there's got kind of an interesting aspect to it. I don't really want to see Brett associated with the NWO in that way. But at this moment in time, looks like looks like it is. We've got someone else coming out. The fans look excited to who it is. Well, Adam's going to shoulder break up. Power slam. Conan. Oh, but Nash is in. Kicks Adams to the back of the head. And another match ends in disqualification. And that dreaded annoying bastard bell. Yep. And now Nash has got Adams. Oh, jackknifed. 
Cool, he landed on his side of it. Well, he helps his buddy Conan out. And Wolfpack, I guess, get the uh, point there. But again, another non-finish involving the NWR. I mean, it's just... We want to see something a little bit different now, you know. You're going to get into it, and especially with uh, the Attitude Era kind of in full swing. They've got to attempt to uh, try and beat it. But, I mean, they have got Nitro girls, to be fair. That is the one constant that you don't mind seeing every... But is this the right depiction of girls, or would you rather have a women's match instead of this? It's interesting, back in 1995, WCW did attempt a kind of women's division, you know, when the Medusa came across and all these other women. And, and I thought it worked quite well, but they kind of got rid of it. And like you said, I think it's, it's solely lacking, not only on Nitro, but definitely on Raw as well. Yes, you've got the kind of Sables or Sunnies, but there's no one really else there. Well, China, obviously, but she's a... Luna. Different different league, isn't she? Yeah, but it's not a kind of, there's no women's division, there's no women's <laughs> oh, championship. No. No, no. Like I say, the the last women's champion WWE was Medusa in uh, London Blaze even in nineteen ninety five. So it's been a while. And like I say, all these women basically they're kinda of tiered at the moment, isn't it? The eighteen to thirty demographic. Even though there are a lot of women that watch it. So I think yeah, they should have been used a whole lot more. But the problem is is they don't use that. They don't use tag team wrestling, do they? They're kind of um no. Especially on Nitro, they've forgotten about it. It's all men's single matches. It's, that's all it is. Throughout. The only difference you get is between the cruiserweights, the heavyweights, and then the kind of nondescript people like your Brian Adams or your Mike Enos's. Do you know what I mean? But Finley coming out of here now. What he's missing. What's he missing? He's missing a little a little man, a, a little, little person. A little person. I thought you were a shillelagh or something. Oh, was, uh, yeah, he hasn't got a shillelagh. Carry that around. But he's going to be in action up next against one of our favourites and especially someone who's really been impressing me as we're watching this month in, month out and that is Booker T. He's always bringing it in the ring and he's got that feud with Chris Benoit. Of course, he's TV champion and it's going to be Benoit versus Booker for the uh, title at Slamboree. Do you know what's quite comical? Finley was part of Booker T's court when he was King Booker. Oh, yeah, he was. So, I mean, these men have been around for a while. Like, you know, you talk yeah. about Booker being WCW Lord with uh, Harlem Heat and Finley, of course, Working that way. And, of course, Finley's still associated with WWE today. Didn't Dave Finley start off, he beat down Steve Regal? He did beat In down. his debut, he was wearing a uh, an, I- an Ireland shirt, or like an Irish, an Ireland jacket. Yeah, yeah. And he beat him down. He started there, but he's still working back to the, uh, the the women, you know, calling the, yeah. the women's matches. And now he's a producer on the road. But the TV title was on the line, Finley versus Booker. So this should be quite an interesting matchup. We know, the, of course, the technical skills of Booker T. And, of course, little Charles Robinson yeah. officiating. This is something I think could have saved WCW. It's something a little bit different. It's rather than the same kind of NWO thing. You've got two great um, wrestlers. And to prove it, did afterwards going to WWE and having success there as well. So, But Finney, do you reckon he should have had more success than he actually did? Because I don't even think he's won a title. I mean, well, I think he won the US title oh, in, yeah. in WWE and a couple of championships in uh, WCW, spoiler alert for this match, but <laughs> yeah. but um, I think because of his age, like I said, I mean, he worked for years. Well, you, before, know, as, you know, as I say, he um, Finley was on video yeah, yeah. that I watched. Most, I mean, in the 80s, that's where he got his first break, you know, coming through early 80s, that was. And so by the time he got to WWE in, what, 2002, four, he'd already, you know, he was there as a veteran, and he he's, he did quite well for that, you know. But, but you was, know, he was, he was in a few Money in the Bank ladder matches. I think he kicked off a WrestleMania. 
He did with JBL, I think that yeah. was, yeah. yeah. The, the street fight. Of course, helped Bobby Lashley when Lashley debuted as well. So, the Finney has in this match at the moment. Booker seems to be on top. Just hit a lovely spinning uh, heel kick. But, that, uh, you know, Finley, definite Hall of Famer. Oh, I think so, yeah, just for um, everything that he's done. Would he be a main event Hall of Famer or no. would he just be a, a supporting car? No, I, I think supporting car. I think, if you compare him to Regal, I think Regal has the potential to be a uh, main event one. But I think Mo- Most definitely, but I think, you know, Regal's always, the time he was in there, he's always in and about a storyline when he was general manager, you know, when he was part of the commission, when he defected in 2001 to WCW and then... You know, yeah, that's yeah, a kiss yeah. Vince McMahon's ass. Yeah, back in. he did all that, didn't he? And now, of course, being general manager. So I think, yeah, he's there. But I think Finley could go in that same year and it'd be quite a nice kind of, you know, like the kind of um, yeah. selection of people they try and pick all the kind of same. But Finley's taken over this match with a clothesline now, foot stomp. A la Finn Balor. Exactly. <laughs> a couple he, of Irish ones. And of course, uh, that influence there, you know, Finn Balor looking, the young Finn Balor looking at uh, the legends that have passed him. You know, Finley was probably the only few Irish guys that really made a big impact in the United States. But Booker coming back in this match now. Hit him with a forearm. That was just big knees to the chest. Oh, poke to the eye from Finley though. Bit of dirty Irish fighting. European uppercut now. Beamstone. Kick to the midsection from Booker. Hitting a scissor kick. Booker's not finished with Finley though. Irish whips him, picks him up for the spine buster. Oh, that was a devastating spine buster. Nice spin of Rooney. Oh, oh! Flapjack by Booker T, and now the Spinneroni. But Benoit's come out here, and he's distracting Booker. Booker's like, "What are you doing?" He's having a match. Benoit on his hair. Well, Benoit and his mind games as well. He's weird to see him as a long-haired guy, but Philly's got Booker up. Booker trying to fight it. Oh! Tombstone pile driver. One, One two. two. And we've got a new TV champion, and unbelievably, it's Finlay. Wow. Well, Booker's held this title for a long time, been defending it, and a shot there. Well, his name is Finlay, and he loves to fight. Well, that is a surprise. And yeah, WSW TV champion. So that's a bit of a surprise here on Nitro. A bit of a shock, Booker T losing. Of course, I guess it'll be Finlay versus Benoit for the uh, TV title now at Slamboree. But Finlay shocks. And look at the surprise in his face. Sometimes there is a shock for shock's sake, though, isn't there? Just changing it because you can, not because it makes sense. With a paper so near and a Benoit Booker T feud happening like that, you would think, yeah, we'd have a match for the TV title as opposed to putting... Hey, I didn't make the decisions in WSW. They did, and now they're out of business. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And we get Michael Buffer out here. I think we've mentioned this before, but he does get overused. I think, you know, for pay-per-views, the main event for pay-per-views, yeah... Fair enough, but for the main event on Nitro, it's... I think everything in uh, on Nitro and WWE is getting overused now. I think that is the... Pro- like you say, the the title changes that happen by surprise. The guy like Wayland Michael Buffer gets used. The amount of interference in, in matches. The amount of NWO that we've seen. The amount, you know, all this other thing is just kind of building up. You're just like, God, just try something a little bit different, you know? And it's the same all the time. Every night show will be the same. Oh, yeah. With Michael Buffer announcing that it's the biggest main event in night show history. Oh, and we get the dreaded NWO music. But it's Wolfpack. I'll be glad when Wolfpack get their own tune. So here comes Nash, Conan, Macho. 
Well, they announced Nash as a reigning tag team champion. Of course, they won. Uh, Hall and Nash won that against uh, the Steiners at Super Bowl when, of course, Scott turned. So, again, another storyline that happened a couple of months ago. They've not really done anything with. Of course, Nash is going to defend the title against the Giant and Sting at Slambury. But will Scott Hall even be there? That's the question. Where is Scott Hall? Well, it's the thing. He, it, he's, he's been off TV. We've given us any answers yet. And here comes WSW Loyal. He is WSW born and bred. Lex Luger. Go on, Flex. Hey! Well done, Flex Luger. More fireworks go off behind him, you see. The more he flexes, the skinnier and withdrawn he's going to look in his older age. <laughs> well, at least he's still with us, bless him, you know. Just, he lasted longer than Matt Chow and Elizabeth. He did, he did. But he's going to be fighting Kevin Nash in a wolf pack here tonight. We're not going to find any two better athletes in the world than Luger and Nash, Dan. I argue that they're in the top three. <laughs> yeah. right. Four, including the ref. He's, he looks in good shape. No, he's round. Well, we're going to see what happens here. I mean, the old Tony obviously um, talking it up. And now here comes Luger. Quick as uh, anything. <laughs> right hands to Nash. We've travelled back for the 80s for this main event, ladies and gentlemen. Luger now on the second turnbuckle. Punching away at Nash's head. He's got some pent-up aggression and Conan's making his way in. Provided a brilliant distraction for Nash to get the big boot. And now Nash has got Luger in the corner. He's just measuring the elbows. I don't mind Kevin Nash, but he's not as good as he thought he was, you know, like... No, no. He used him certain ways. And all of Kevin Nash's offence so far has been a big boot and four big elbows. He's just like a big cast. He is, and now he uh, two sweets. And the referee catches Conan choking out Luger, but there's nothing about it. Well, it's Wolfpack. I mean, what can the referee really do? He's outnumbered here himself. Referees are useless. Now Nash choking Luger out, big boot. And for no reason whatsoever, the rest of the NWO join in and kick down Luger. Well, this is how Wolfpack work. Just a complete beat down here. I mean, what a main event on Nitro that was. And now we're getting the drinks thrown in. Probably annoyed fans. Well, they paid their good money to see a, a respectable main event and they get this instead. Nash now with a jackknife. Oh, but Sting makes his way out. These will all be joining forces soon. And Sting avoids the big boot by Nash. And what's he going to do? Oh, the Giants here as well. Nash and the Giant go at it. Sting and Conan. And they are slowly going at it here as the <laughs> Nitro ends. Cups and such getting thrown in. Brian Adams looks set to make his way down. Brett stops him and says, look, that's what we want. Now Wolfpack look- going against WCW. They're doing our work for us. So it looks like Brett is definitely a part of NWO. Big smirking coming out there. No, he's not smoking a cigarette, James. He's just got a grin on his face. But he said that's perfect and Conan in a bit of trouble. Referee can't control it, so just ring the bell a bit more. And is this the master plan by the NWO Hollywood? We'll soon find out. We I'm shall. sure of it. We shall. Well, we get Nitro 139, a video main event and Brett smirking. No, James, he didn't have a cigarette in his gob, he just had a smile on his face. We get the opening titles. Followed by fireworks. Yeah, and it's three hours long. Oh, that's good, because I, I thought the two-hour one just, just wasn't enough. I know, I yeah. More. Yeah. Well, Tony welcomes us alongside Larry and Mike. And they're talking about the split in NWI, and they show us a clip of last week's main event. Yeah, Sting and Giant show up. 
And Brett is smoking again. Gene welcomes us to Kansas City and Brett is in, uh, he welcomes Brett to the ring. So we are finally going to hear why he did all of this. Well, this Sunday, Brett will face Macho for the first time ever on pay-per-view. Brett says he's a chicken and sucks up the courage to challenge the greatest technical wrestler in the world. He says Macho always dreamed of being the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, but Brett is in the way. We get a load of booze. Yeah, and Brett says it's difficult being a hero. They show a clip of Brett putting a sharpshooter on Macho a couple of weeks ago. Brett says he will slap Macho because he's the best there is. Gene still in the ring and he welcomes... The Nitro Girls. And all seven of them. we got Kimberly. Ginger. Gurphy. Clungy. Storm. Jizz. And Backgammon. Disco Inferno versus Barry Horowitz to start. Jizz. I looked, I looked up and that's what they're all called. So we get a lifelong jobber and Barry. Yeah, see what I did there. Drop toe hold and some dancing. Barry with a skull crushing finale and the Miz neck breaker. <laughs> yeah, the Miz must have been watching, guys. That's what I want to be like. Swinging neck breaker by Disco for easy win. And then we get James's favourite, the dreaded NWO music. But it is macho, so different shirts, but same music. Match for a quick line. Yeah. Well, he takes his time and finds the mic. Oh, yeah. He says, here's the deal. If it wasn't for Brett, Hogan wouldn't have the world title. Well... He calls it the NWA Wolfpack World Heavyweight Championship belt. <laughs> As if it wasn't long enough. Yeah. Macho says tonight he wants to challenge Hogan. One more time in a squared circle, brother. And he ain't leaving till he gets his belt back tonight. Oh, yeah. Well, Kidman out with Big Man Reese Versus Juve. Yeah, and he's been involved with a flock in a feud. A nice cruiserweight start. Juve comes out on top, Hurricane Rana, then Springboard splash to the outside. Kidman hits a face-first powerbomb. He goes up but gets caught with a drop kick from Juve. A dive across body gets two. Two. Juve's a warrior and Kidman reverses him. Kick rocks him, spinning heel kick drops him to the mat. Not going to go for the pin low. He wants to punish Kidman. Well, he's faced loads of them, he's sick boy. And now Kidman springboard. Springboard crossbody he goes for the cover, but Kidman managing to kick out. Oh. Now the forearms by Hoovy. Kidman reverses. Springs over, goes for a German reverse. Then Kidman hits the German, but Hoovy lands on his feet. Hurricane runner. Oh, but rolls through by Kidman. Hoovy <coughs> rolls back. Kidman now shows his strength. Turns inside out. Clubbing blows to the back of Hoovy. Go for the power bomb. Hoovy jumps out of it, though. Hoovy driver. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh! Kidman managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. And now big man race in yet again, but behind the referee's back. It's like the Punjabi plunge. So that was a nice exchange, though, by Kidman and Hoover. And again, it's something different that Nitro had that Raw didn't have. And instead of using it all the time, we just saw it in bits and pieces. Beautiful uh, shooting star press there. All the seven-year itch for the win. So up next, we do get Eric Bischoff, and he comes out on a motorcycle. So is he a member of DOA? I guess he must be, Dan, if he's coming out like that. Well, Bish feels nothing but love from each and every one of them. And let's not forget, early in the night, Macho challenged Hogan for a match. So I'm sure we're going to hear something about that. And of course, um, Bischoff will have a message because he's Hogan's right-hand man. We all know this as well. So let's see what Bischoff has to say. And they really do love him, don't they? You can hear the, from the chorus of cheers. 
they're actually talking to each other through each other's shows. Xbox, I'm going to go to yeah. Bischoff. Bischoff now responding. So Eric Bischoff is calling out Vince McMahon as slam. I mean, it's quite incredible, really, when you think about it. So to sell Slamboree, he's he knows, but there's a possibility that he might. Yeah. So you know, it's how many people do you think bought Slamboree just on the off chance Vince McMahon might have the cojones and the grapefruits to show up? Uh, I think quite a few people, but this is kind of another. I don't want to say act of desperation by Bischoff, but he's obviously seen the ratings wall, you know, the ratings going down the past couple of weeks in Raw winning. So if he thinks he can try and come back with it, and especially like I say with a pay-per-view uh, coming up now, I mean, it kind of dampens what WWE, because you kind of make WWF seem a bigger star out of this in a weird way, because you're talking about them and uh, you're obviously challenging Vincent Mann and you're forgetting, of course, about, you know, like what was the story with Hogan and stuff like that going on here tonight. But... Bischoff is, like you said, challenging Vince McMahon. And I tell you what, the words back, the, the rumours backstage and what was going around in the WWF at the time as well is that McMahon, you know, there was a lot of people that think McMahon was actually going to go there. Hogan actually said to Bischoff, like, McMahon will show up and beat the piss out of you, you know, because yeah. obviously, you know. Have you I, seen him recent weeks? <laughs> yeah, we know how uh, uh, big he is at this moment in time. So, I mean, it's interesting, though, but this is what Nitro is doing, and you're like, oh, fucking hell. Fucking hell, definitely makes you sit up and take notice. So what can we do after that, then? Well, it is Nitro Girls. Woo! I love me some Nitro Girls. And Alex Wright joins them, and he and his enormous cock get escorted out by security. But we've got Yugi, Yuji Nagata with Sonny Ono in action versus... Well, it's the dreaded NWO music, and it's Scott Norton. Oh, what a great match this should be. Well, Tony and Mike think Scott is NWO Hollywood. Well, Norton attacks early, but Yugi withstands it and tries to kick, but fails. Norton runs into Yugi and Ono cheering Scott. Yeah. Now, he's meant to be Yugi's manager, and Norton hits shoulder breaker for the win. Mean Gene on the mic on stage, and he plugs the WCW hotline. Yeah, the commentators are talking about forming factions. Henning joined last week, and we see a clip. Yeah, and they cut Conan off, which is always good. Jimmy Hart brings out... Yeah, and Jim Powers is already in the ring, and he attacks Hugh. This didn't last long. He slammed him and moonsault, all alone. No laughing matter for the win. And he screams, we're back. Well, K-Dog and Nash are walking through crowd into the ring. Tony tells us, no break, we stay with this. Yeah, short and sweet. Two years ago, Hall and Nash created the NWO. Hogan jumped on the money train. They had good times and bad times. Only one NWO, and that is red and black. Bish and Hogan need more Viagra. Nash wants Hogan to look him in the eyes and say he's better. It's Nash's world order, and he's good. And he's Godzilla. They say too sweet and for life. They say too sweet. <laughs> Life. Yeah, and they cut them off with the NWA music because obviously they have to go to break. And even Nash, huh, guess we got cut off there then. And you actually hear him say that. But we move on to the second hour, and it is fireworks. Yeah, and the next match is Ultimo Dragon versus another man who's in the ring, Johnny Swinger. So let's get this straight. Macho challenged Hogan for tonight's main event. Yes. Bish came out, who usually side by side with Hogan and challenged McMahon. No mention of Hogan. That is correct as well. Nash arrives and says he hears Hogan and Bish will be here tonight and wants face-to-face. What just happened, yep. And then the commentators wonder if Hogan will be there. 
Yeah, even though Bischoff is there and Hogan and him usually travel side by side, but we've got no mention of if Nash and uh, if Hogan and Macho will happen later, if Hogan will be there with Nash. But we know Bischoff's here, but he's not focused on the NWO or any WSW storyline because, like you said, he is challenging the owner of the World Wrestling Federation. Anyway, back to the match. And Swinger got in a little offence, but it was Dragon's match. Basically. Yes. Chavo came out to cheer on Dragon. Uh, Ultimo hit Hurricane Rana and Dragon Sleeper for win. There's Chavo, and what's he want to do? Well, he wants to shake Ultimo's hand, but Eddie's not happy with that. Well, I wouldn't be either. I mean, Dragon's been looking after or keeping an eye on Chavo in recent weeks, and Chavo, I think, sees that more of a kind of... Eddie comes out and slaps Chavo across the face. Oh! And Eddie uh, Eddie gets shoved by Chavo. And that's the first time Chavo has fought back since it all happened. So Eddie gets on his knees and says, Go on, anyone to hit me? Hit me. Oh! But Ultimo locks in the dragon sleeper. Oh, and Chavo. Chavo, Yeah, he breaks up. Well, Chavo's a little bit upset. He said, I like Eddie, but oh! And now Eddie gets the upper hand on Ultimo, and Chavo tried to pull Eddie away. And he's like, look, no fighting, just like... Yeah, Chavo didn't want any of this, and look at that there, fight between Dragon and Eddie. And a huge Eddie sucks chant. And Eddie walks away. Well, Eric, if Vince accepted his offer to fight, and Eric Bischoff said, I'd never met Vince at the time. To me, he was just a big guy who lifted weights. I've been around guys like that my whole life, so I wasn't intimidated by Vince. When I came out and challenged him, right or wrong, I wrestled in high school. I did kickboxing. I had a black belt. I grew up in Detroit and fought on ESPN kickboxing before it was MMA. The idea of getting into a fight, win or lose, didn't intimidate me. My approach to it was... I've got enough skill sets. I'm not going to get knocked out in the first phase. I thought, win, lose, or draw. If he comes out and beats my ass, it would be great TV. Winning or losing didn't matter to me. Getting Vince to come to the ring and getting him to do to do it is what mattered. Hulk Hogan said, brother, you don't want to do that. He's going to show up and kick your ass. <laughs> I told our head of security that if anybody from WWF showed up, escort them to the dressing rooms, accommodate them in any way. The only person I pulled aside in case anything went wrong was Big Show. I said, if it gets ugly, do me a favour and jump in there. It has to get that bad, though. Otherwise, let it go. See, so he wanted the biggest man to get in front of him to help. But, I mean, exactly. So that was going on, you know, behind the scenes now. And it's incredible when you think the equivalent of Dixie Carter coming out. So, you know, she's not only wrestling anymore. But, you know what I mean? Sort of something like that. Uh, anyway, we get the dreaded NWO music. And it is Dusty Rhodes, baby. It is. Fun fact, Dusty won his first world title in Kansas. You expected something bad then, weren't you? <laughs> but it's actually... It says Nash is better than Hogan. So Dusty said, Bischoff, the only reason you got this place is because it's the house that Dusty built. And he says Hall will be at the pay-per-view. And Macho needs to stop bitching. So he talks up Nash, he talks up Hall, and then he has a go at Macho, even though he's part of Wolfpack, but it's fine. He spoke with Hall, and before this night is over, Nash will be in Hogan's ugly mug. So here comes Goldberg. And what's his streak at the moment, Dan? It is currently 82-0. and 0. Wow, very, very impressive by the United States champion. And now he's getting the, uh, the fireworks to back him up as well. He comes out here glistening. And he will be going against a super athlete of Nitro called Len Denton. Yes, Lee Len Denton, Dan. I know what that you're thinking. That Len Denton. Yeah, him. 
And Goldberg, <laughs> we talk about, I talk about Booker T, Jericho. Goldberg is kind of one of my favourite things to watch on Nitro as well at this time. If anyone can beat the streak, it is Len Denton. Yeah, I think Len Denton can. But if anybody can beat Raw Streak, then it is Bill Goldberg. Not even world champion yet, there's so much potential. This streak is a surefire way to print money. Surely, Dan. Well, don't call me Shirley, but it's like that. And Denton's already in ring. And he's going to go run after Goldberg to begin with. And a big kick down by Goldberg. Oh, my God. Jaw-breaking by Len Denton. Close eye by Goldberg. He mounts him now. Right hands. And Nick Patch is saying, come on, Goldberg. Stop beating up Len Denton so much. Irish whip. Spear. Yeah, what comes next, Dan? After the spear. What a match this has been. <laughs> it <laughs> has. <laughs> Len Denton's done well. He jacks him up. Hammers him down. Just showing the strength, keeping him on one shoulder. And the United States champion wins 83 and 0. And Goldberg just absolutely brilliant. Well, Raven's in the ring next. And he calls out the police and the flock. He wants Paige in not only a match, not only a cage match, but a death cage match. What? I know. Exactly. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But he wants that slamboree. And he calls out Saturn, and it looks like Van Hammer's getting beaten up by the flock now. Well, the flock and the policeman there, and Saturn lost the match last week, didn't he, to Hammer to go out of the flock, but it doesn't look like they're going to go that way now. Saturn with a Death Valley driver, and quote the Raven. Raven says that Saturn will always be a member of the flock. And here comes Jerry Flynn now, starting on Perry Saturn. And everyone's letting this action take place. He's going for the cover. I don't even know if I've heard the bell ring. Ooh. Saturn kicking out. Oh. Well, the police there protect Raven from DDP because we saw that assault from last week. And now we're getting Saturn versus Flynn. Oh. Lovely suplex by Saturn. Takes Joe Flynn down. And Saturn's had a haircut. And I think it suits him, the bald look. I think he should as well. And a clothesline for Flynn. The only reason he ever got Moppy was because he beat the shit out of that guy on fucking Velocity or Superstars, wherever it was. If he had done that, they wouldn't have given that as punishment. So Saturn yeah. could have made it if he weren't such a dick. But Saturn getting used a lot here, and Kidman gets kicked off by Flynn. Oh, but then gets caught by Saturn. Death Valley driver. I was hoping that uh, one of the policemen would be DDP and Diamond Cut and Raven, but alas, that did not happen. Uh, we, never, we see another clip of Bischoff calling out Vince. And we see a clip of Benoit costing Booker the TV title. Yeah, so here he comes to a, a little reaction. That is Fit Finlay. Well, Booker was doing well as champion. It seemed to benefit the Benoit feud. But he's finally in action next. Finley. Uh, but it's Finlay versus Rage. Yes, Rage of Chaos and Rage of High Voltage. And Rage power moves early. But Fit grinds him down. He works the leg. Chaos grabs Fit's leg. Rage slams twice and springboards in with another nice slam. And Chaos is up beyond the ref's back. So let's see what Rage has to offer here. He might be TV champion. As he powers him up, not once, but twice. And now was he going to attempt here? I don't think that was a bad move there. Not, not, I think that's quite nice. Springboarded in. Springboard big splash. And now he's getting a nod for each. Charles Robinson. And here comes Chaos. But Booker T's out. Why is Booker here? Oh! Well, makes Chaos crutch himself on the top rope. Rage is enraged. Yeah, and I think a little bit distracted. And Finley tombstones him, goes for the cover, and still TV champion. Benoit's out here now, and he's fighting Booker. And these two men haven't finished with each other yet. 
Well, Booker wanted Finley as champion still so he could win the title back from him. Because he's got problems with Benoit as well. JJ Dillon trying to sort things out. This is chaos. Sorry, that was That's chaos rage. in the ring. Yeah, sorry, my bad. JJ Dillon's got a mic now. What's his all uh, going to be? Ah, there we go. So that's what Jay. What did JJ Dillon have to say? There? Well, JJ Dillon said, "Look, you both were scheduled for single matches later tonight, but their matches have been cancelled. You will now be going against each other, and there must be a winner because that winner will face Fit Finley for the title at Slamboree." Yeah, so that'll be something to look forward to later tonight. Uh, up next, we get Nitro Girls. Well, no. After that, we have another clip of Bish calling out McMahon. Yeah, yeah sorry. And then Nitro Girls. Yeah, and then we get a Nitro party video. <laughs> Lots of kids dancing. And Lenny Lane is out for action versus DDP. And we get big DDP chance. Well, Lane did all right, but Paige come back. So here we go. So Lane's on the top right now. Paige calling for it. I do like Paige. The fans are into him. Another thing I like, the diamond cutter. <laughs> yeah. You hate the RKO, but you love the diamond cutter. It's the originator, sort of isn't it? you got to like it more. Page hits that, goes for the cover, gets the win here. And DDP has the mic and wants the music killed. DDP is apparently going to bang him at the pay-per-view. I need to get my mind out of the gutter. And he wants to bang him tonight. Raven comes out to the top of the ramp with the police and then turns and leaves. Well, here comes Eric Bischoff with Hogan and the black and white crew. Bischoff sucks up to Hogan, telling him, telling everyone that no one can touch him. He knows what Hogan is busy. That Hogan is busy making movies and that he's a busy man. Hogan has the mic and he's happy to see all those black and white and all those that worship him. Hogan is on top of the mountain. He has a movie in theatres and he's a champ. And he's also spending a lot of Ted Turner's, mo- Ted Turner's money while in Vancouver making another assault on Devil Island movie. He continues that once you're NWO, you are for life. And that goes Conan and Kurt. His virgin, his versions, his, <laughs> his versions of the origins of the NWO was that Hall and Nash came to him as they needed him because they couldn't make it on their own. Well, they were going back to wrestling schools. Hogan was on top of the world. He's going to take out Macho tonight and finish him off for the one, two, three, and then jet out to his movie set. Well, now back to Nash, and when the man is out, we've now back to Nash, and when the man is out, the skinny mice play. He calls Nash old and grey-haired and tells him to get his skinny leg butt out here. Well, here comes Nash as Hogan talks him. Nash enters the ring and Hogan asks, how is he doing? Nash responds that he wants Hogan to take off his wife's sunglasses and Hogan mentions something about Nash's sister. And Nash wants to know why he's checking him out. (laughs) Hogan wants to get to business and that the black and red is not the way to go. He wants an apology as when he was away, Nash subverted Kurt and Conan. He wants him to beg to get back into the NWO. Nash Nash steps up and is surrounded by Adams, the Disciple and Vincent. Nash chuckles and tells Hogan that he could easily take him out. Hogan responds that he came with a big gun and has to repeat it. So Nash is not scared walking right into the lines down here. He's got a big gun. What's his big gun? Oh! It's a big gun. What the hell... Well, he's got himself a, a giant's wearing NWO, but he's going to be teeing up with Sting at the pay-per-view. 
And now he takes out Nash. Oh my god. What the hell is going on here? Why is the giant part gonna spray paint Kevin Nash now? Nash, oh, giant was NWO until he got kicked out and he's been against him ever since, hasn't he? You know, now yeah. teaming up with Sting, but apparently he's turned his back. They're doing it just for no fucking reason now. And he's pointed I mean? down at Nash on the floor and he said, that's exactly what's gonna do to Vince McMahon. <laughs> Well, here comes Dusty and Macho, K-Dog. So the giant is now NWO Hollywood. I mean, what What the... F- why would they do that for? I just don't understand it. Well, does Ash that much? Oh, and he's just told them all to suck it. <laughs> That's a fair point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Nash did nearly break Giant's neck, so maybe the only way to get proper payback is to be part of the NWO. But I thought he was WCW loyal. Yeah, but Hogan said... If you're NWO, James, you're NWO for life. For life. Yeah, you're right about that. Mean Gene is in the ring with Jericho. So Gene with Chris Jericho. Jericho has Juve's mask and welcomes the crowd to Monday Night Jericho. And he wants Gene to call him by his proper name. The Lion of Summink and the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. Well, Jericho brags about all his trophies and shows fake leg pretending it's raised. There is no one left for him to face, and after tonight, he will retire the belt. But hold it right there, Jericho. JJ comes out and calls the retiring the belt a bit premature. JJ agrees that he's face to beat them, but there will be a cruiserweight battle royal at the pay-per-view, and the winner will face Jericho that night. Well, Jericho says, well, wait a minute, so 40 men will beat him down, and I get to face him? I'll love those odds. Well, he shows off the picture of Dean, and it's defaced. And Jericho acts shocked. Yeah, you can see Jericho actually goes like, "Ah, who did that?" You know. Well, here comes a guy who looks like Malenko, and Gene yells, "Hey, it's Joe Malenko!" Well, Jericho, oh my God, look, look, he doesn't look anything like Dean Malenko. Well, it looks like Dean Malenko. If Dean Malenko is fat. Fat, you know, he did put on a bit of weight, and well, now Jer- finally gets pointed out. Jericho tells him his problem is not with him. So let's see what Joe... That's what Joe Malenko has to say then. Jericho's attacking him with a leg, with a picture. Anything else he can get his hands on. Beat him with a picture frame, Jericho. What a sick assault. Joe stumbles over his words and demands respect for those that have retired. Gene asks about what he said about his father and Jericho claims everything was misconstrued and he can take the picture... And leave. So up next, it's Glacier. Why? He's in the back and claims that he lived up to it. Then he warns anyone who uses his finisher. And that's it. So the next match is Glacier versus Sick Boy. Yes, Glacier whips him into the ropes, but Sick Boy ducks only to be run over on a second run by. Sick Boy, <coughs> Sick Boy comes back with some blows, but he's kicked in the head and the ref falls and Glacier's in hurt and then connects with a cryonic kick. And makes the cover, but no ref. Saturn runs down, hits the same kick and puts Sick Boy on top of him and he covers him for th- and the bell rings. But the ref says it was only two. Glacier finishes off Sick Boy and now Saturn comes in and destroys him. Yeah, it was an absolute dud. Not even sure what the fuck this was and why it was even on television. Well, Gene welcomes Luger. Gene wants to know the make of Scotty. Lex is tired of everyone jockeying for power. Lex is tired of it and all he wants to do is wrestle and flex. And he wrestles the top guys and everyone in between. He does not ask for much, but he demands to face Brian Adams and Scott Steiner at the pay-per-view. 
one, either, or both of them. <coughs> so we'll see what happens there. And up next, it is Booker T versus Benoit. Booker just come out in. Benoit starts early because these two men dislike for each other. And the winner faces Finley for the uh, TV title Sam Bree. And here we go. Well, there must be a winner because, yeah, as you say, the winner faces Fit Finley. And now Benoit stumping the mud hole, walking it dry on Booker T. And he's got a toothless aggression. He's had a haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally in a week that has gone by. He's malletless. Now he's got after Booker. More serious look at his face. Not one. A singles championship in the United States as of yet. Well, a big knife edge chopped to Booker. And both these men in great shape. Apart from the referee. He looks Red's like he's got AIDS. Body, yeah. I think that's what it does, a cancer. <laughs> his shirt looks about ten times yeah, too big for him. Benoit going to go for maybe the crossface. Booker counted it, though. Oh, but Booker catching a lovely spinning heel kick. Taking Benoit down. Going to be into Booker. They're all raising the roof. Here's the forearm. Now Irish whip. And a high back body drop from Booker to Benoit. Well, Benoit nearly hit the lights there on that one. Now Booker screaming, looking to put Benoit away in the early going. But that is oh, fantastic. High, high body prep. Oh, a high body slam. That was That's... fantastic power there by Booker T. A monkey doing the gorilla press. <laughs> Make sure you cut this bit out. Yeah. I'm leave this one in. Niggas! Mark Tard is spunk. Great show of power there by Booker. They go outside to brawl a little bit. Now back in. And Benoit's got the upper hand now. But Booker T quickly switches it around. Throws Benoit against the ropes. Delivers a few elbows and some clubbing blows across the back. But Benoit dodges Booker's attempt for a clothesline. And hits a German suplex. The thunderous German. Even the referee clapped at that one. Now both men down. They're both bringing it, aren't they? They're not holding anything back in this one. Now Benoit going to maybe attempt to snap suplex. Hits it. God, he's got some venom in them snap suplexes. He <laughs> goes for the cover, but Booker kicks out. Ah. Well, the thing is, this is the problem, isn't it? Because everything Benoit does, he does well. But it's obviously the problem with that. But with Booker T as well, I've I got to credit him because everything he does looks quite good at this moment in time. Yeah. I, always, I always credit him more for other character rather than being a wrestler. And we can go back and see them... You know what I mean? Building up their careers and stuff like this. Most definitely, yeah. You know, Booker T, do you think he kind of let it go when he joined WWE? I think a little bit. He had to kind of wrestle a different style, didn't he? You know, it was all Ben Rooney's and stuff. And this one, he seems yeah. he's got more aggressive nature to him. Yeah, he steps up when he needs to. Nice power slam there. Randy Orton-esque. Randy Orton was clearly a fan of the, uh, the late 90s Monday Nitros. And, of course, our main event as well is going to be Hogan versus Macho. So I'm sure that's not going to end in a disqualification finish. Well, wouldn't this be a much better main event? I know. Exactly. It actually matters, the match. You know, you know it's not going to end in uh, shenanigans. Screwy finish. Oh. Booker T with the Irish rep. Benoit holds on. Booker looking for a, an axe kick. But Benoit sidesteps and Booker T gets crashed on the top rope. Backbreaker by Benoit getting a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. Now Benoit looking around. He might be signalling. And he might be signalling here to finish it. Going to look for a German suplex. But Booker T's managing to fight out, but only half successful. Gets caught with a back body drop instead. And now Benoit going to signal. He's slitting his throat, which means... He's going up for the diving headbutt. Referee's down in the corner. Diving headbutt. Oh! Hits the mark. And now, going to go for the cover. 
Taking too long over it. One, One two. two. Oh. oh, but Booker T managing to kick out. Oh. <laughs> Even the referee <laughs> felt that one. If he had done that to the ref, he would have fucking slapped his heart out of the back. And now Booker. Oh. Hitting the axe kick. But he's holding his knee after he hits it, but still trying to capitalise. Irish, Irish rip to Benoit. Oh. Spinebuster. I love the way the referee reacts to moves. And now Booker's screaming. Oh, one man flapjack. Spinneroon is his way up to his feet. The raising fa- the roof. And raising the crowd as well. Oh. Looking for a spinning heel kick. The ref ducks out the way. Benoit catches him. Has he got the tin? Oh, my God, he has. Booker nowhere near the ropes. Oh, Booker tap. And he did Booker tapped. Looked like the referee made a decision before Booker did, but still. No, he said give up. He said, I quit, and then he had to tap out. Benoit goes to face Finn in there, but I think what great chemistry between both men there, you know? Most definitely, yeah. I would definitely like to see more. Maybe like a best of seven series that starts in a couple of weeks. You know, maybe something like that would be absolutely great. Well, we get the Michael Buffer announcement. This is a huge match, though. I mean, this is the biggest match. In WCW history ever. Right now. I mean, we've never seen Macho versus Hogan before. We're going to get right now. And this one is definitely not going to end in shenanigans. I assure you. This is the biggest main event in WCW history. For the World Heavyweight Championship of the World. Life. Ready. Let's get ready to rumble. Every time he says that, it's as if the NWO music has to go into it. So is it Hollywood or is it the Wolfpack? The lights are red, so that means it's Wolfpack. And Macho Man's out here on his own. So we talked about this on last episode of Nitro about... Is it worth Conan and Adams? And it's good to save the kind of big members of uh, NWO Wolfpack. So the next week on Nitro, what do they do? They have Macho versus Hogan. <laughs> it's Wolfpack versus the black and white. And here comes Hogan. He's playing the belt guitar. And Hogan never comes along. And always with a disciple. I mean, he's fucking Hogan, man. You know what I mean? It's his fault that he destroyed WCW. It looks that way. It does, yeah. It's it's kind of like he's the Triple H. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, well, the title must go to me. But there's no Vincent Mann there to kind of stop him. Do you know what I mean? That way, like, Hogan just did what he wants. Even with this year, it's like, I want to fight these guys. It's just like... The disciple. He shouldn't even be there. Hogan should be champion at this point. Should have lost the sting and then gone into like semi-retirement. Come out of special occasions. I just, I don't know. He's still going to fight into 2003 for WWF though, wasn't he? WWE. 2007, wasn't it? 2007, it? Orton, yeah. Orton, wasn't it? At SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. But, like I said, he was... but then again, Dan, that's an excellent point. Because in WWE in 2002 when he did go up there, Vince McMahon did make him world champion as well. Even though it was only for a month, he still got his way. 
That's how they had fallen out because he wanted to beat Lesnar. And Vince's like, no, Lesnar's the future. Hogan's like, but am I Hulk Hogan, though? Yeah, but Lesnar's going to be big. Yeah, but I'm Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but I'm Hulk Hogan. And that's why Austin didn't work with him at WrestleMania 18. And the Rock did, and he got fucking booed out of the building because of it. But anyway, back to this huge main event. Macho and Hogan. And before the bell can ring, Macho's on Hogan like white on rice. And the comments, <clears throat> and Tony says that's the most, well, he's the world's most dangerous man. I Ken don't know, Shamrock. I think Ken Shamrock is. Macho choking Hogan, or Benoit, I would say. <laughs> and the referee can't do anything about the choking. This is heinous. I wonder how many wrestling moves they hit. Let's count them during this match. Are we talking proper wrestling moves? I'm talking any wrestling moves. That's not choking, slapping, punching, punching, like Macho's doing to Hogan in the corner now. Does a double axe handle smash to the back? No, that doesn't count. Eye rake doesn't count. Any sorts of choke don't like count. Like a suplex or a DDT. Yep, anything like that. That doesn't class as a wrestling move either. Him throwing his bandana in Hogan's face. Yeah, but that hurt Hogan. No, poke to the eye doesn't count either. No, another poke to the eye don't count. A rake to the eye? No, that don't count either. What about a rake to the back? No, don't count. Ah, oh. <laughs> this is almost as if I could see into the future. <laughs> Punch? No, no, that don't count. No choking on the rope either. What about a big right hand? Uh, no. Does that count as a punch? Macho's back to Irish whip. Oh, follows it up with a clothesline. Clothesline? Didn't it? Uh, no, oh, see, no. this doesn't count either, choking on the rope. He's using his foot, not his hand, though. <laughs> Talking proper wrestling moves here. Macho's in a bit of trouble. Goes to the outside. <clears throat> Head bounce off barricade? <laughs> no. No. He's got him. He's got a hammerlock. Throwing the ring post. Yeah, well, he's throwing in the ring post. No, it still don't count. Throwing into the barricade again. Hogan throws Macho back into the ring. Is he going up top? No. Macho back to his feet, though. Looks like he's in agony. Gets his foot up. Hogan catches it. Oh, was that a low blow? Well, referee's saying, come on, they shouldn't do that. Yeah, Irish but I'm Hulk Hogan. Clothesline. It's a move we've already seen before. Drops the big elbow. Goes for the cover now. No, choking him. Yeah, he's choking. It's definitely um, completely different to the uh, Booker T. Benoit match we've <laughs> yeah. just seen. And, uh, it's it's Ho- like day and night. Hogan's got Macho. Ooh. Hangs him up on the bottom rope. Is that NWO tagged onto the ring? Oh, look like it there. Maybe it was from um, when the Giant joined and they spray painted. Yeah, and then comes back in the corner. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is for life. The ring's NWO. Hogan choking out Macho with a nose rake this time. A Macho man hits Hogan with a low blow this time. Clubbing blow to show. We still seen only three wrestling moves. I thought he was going to go for a side Russian leg sweep. Irish whip, big boot. It's been all Hogan. He calls for the end. But Macho up. Slam counts. First wrestling move. First proper move on each other is a slam. And now leg drop. Oh, misses though. And now Macho calling for the slam. Oh, a wrestling move each. And Macho going to go up for the big elbow. Oh, but the disciple looking to get involved. Yep, disciple pushes Macho off. Referee just not looking. And here comes Brett. I hope the referee doesn't see this. Well, Brett's got the uh, WCW title. Hits Macho over the back with it. 
Oh. And then spits on him and gets a drink thrown in his face. Well, he spat on Macho and he tells the fans to fuck off. Hogan goes for the cover. So we see only two actual wrestling moves in this whole match. Yep. Um, Brett gets to the fans and now all the rubbish come into the ring as well. The rubbish is already in the ring. Oh, yeah. more rubbish on the way. Here comes Nash. Charles Robson needs to get out of there. Someone's got a toilet roll. And here comes Piper. He certainly is special. Yeah, well, Piper's out here, says Macho wins by DQ, and he's going to be the referee in Macho versus Brett this Sunday. Because everyone else is afraid to get in between them two. So, Piper's still... He's just been talking endlessly, hasn't he, for the past couple of minutes. Yeah, he's saying, look, you know, if Brett bites you, Macho, you get up and bite him back. Don't go complaining to him. If a low blow happens, low blow him back. He'll write him a prescription for Viagra, and everyone can go home happy. Now the Giants come out here to confront Piper. Now Piper's just thrown little poor Charles Robinson out the ring. Haven't seen him for a while. No, and he's going to team up with the Giant, who's now NWO this Sunday, against Nash and Hall, and he's looking on from the rafters. So my God, what a couple of episodes there of Monday Nitro. Quite shocking bad some parts and some parts quite good but we do move on and it is the WSCW's pay-per-view for the month of May and it's WSW Spring WSW Slamboree what's the buy rate in this one then let's get started well the buy rate for Slamboree was a 0.72 buy rate times 3459,316 homes is equal to 200,000, uh, 262,507 buys. Yeah, and uh, it is the 17th of May, 1998. There's 11,592 people here in the Centrum. It's May, and the WWF is not quite in control, but they are slowly opening the margins on their opposition. Looking at the card, it seems very promising, but that basically sums up WCW's story. They fail to deliver time and time again. In the last month, we've had Macho Man's reign as champion last a whole day. Hogan, with Hogan once again champion. The Giant joined with Hollywood Hogan and is once again black and white. Kurt Henning, Koning are now in the Wolfpack. And Fit Finley was the one to take the TV title from Booker T. Absolutely ridiculous. But it's fair to say I'll be pretty pissed if Benoit can't overcome Finley later on in the night. We also have Eric Bischoff versus Vince McMahon, so it'll be pretty interesting to see what happens there. It's the three amigos in. It's the three amigos in Tony, Brain, and Mike, and we begin with a recap of Easy E's challenge being handed out to the boss of the WWF. And if he decides to show up, he will be escorted to his own dressing room to prepare for the match. So the first match was uh, Chris Benoit versus Fit Finley. Uh, and I thought this was rather good, given the result, which is that opposite what everybody wanted. Finley did defeat Chris Benoit. Is it? I just want to go on Wikipedia and check out when Benoit won his first title. Save me from disappointment every time that we do these reviews as well. Uh, Big Booker simply walked out in the suit, but that was enough to ruin any chance Benoit had for the win. Like what? So yeah, Finley did do it. Uh, next match, Dan. Next match was Brian Adams with Vincent versus Lex Luger. It's a shit match. Just run through what happened on there. Um, 
Yeah, well, shoulder breaker, power slam, signals for the rack. Vincent makes his way, makes his way onto the apron. Luger cops the worst stiff shot to the back I've ever seen in professional wrestling before running into a pile driver. And here it begins. The part of every Luger match where he gets home for a bit before the whacking out the torture rack out of nowhere. And there it is. Ducks a clothesline and gets the win. Whatever. Yeah, lots and lots of flexing. Has there been a bigger fall from grace than Lex Luger? Seven months ago, he was a world champion. And now he's plodding along in a second match of the night. WWE have finally woken up when it comes to Lex Luger. Up next, we get Saturn cutting a promo backstage saying he's relied on Raven to guide his career. But it's now all, what about me? What about Saturn? And there is nothing Raven can do about it. I know they won't allow the flock to blossom, but WCW had a good thing here and they totally let it slip. One of the matches we're going to focus on as well is this one right now, the 50-man Cruiserweight Battle Royal. Of course, the winner will go on to face Jericho for the Cruiserweight title later tonight. And we have Jericho introducing all the competitors and it is really hilarious. He's done stuff like he's the ugliest man in our sport today. He is Quasi Juice Guerrero. And Silver King, if he wins 12 more matches, he'll be upgraded to Golden King. Pure gold. We have some serious plotters in this match, people, so I'll just try to fetch their names once they're eliminated. As you might expect, there's little spitfires everywhere to start this one. Evan Courageous is eliminated. Some Joe named Johnny Swinger is then thrown out as Jericho is on screen drinking a cup up while watching the proceedings. V with a drop kick and my boy Super Calo is eliminated. Damn. Bronze is gone. El Gorio is gone. Seriously, he was perhaps the biggest plotter of the lot. Janetti gone. Villano 4 gone. Lenny Lane gone. Damien gone. El Dande gone. Chavo is out. Psychosis is gone. Kidman is gone, and we're left with the final two, and it is Cyclop to go against Kazi Juice. Yes. Cyclop, where the hell did he come from? So let's see what happens here. It's Juice versus Cyclop. Weird guy. We've not seen him on Nitro a lot of times. So let's see who's going to win this battle royal. So it's Cyclop versus Quasi Juve. Yeah. Oh, they shake hands in the Juice. Eliminate- he eliminated himself. Why did he do that for? And now he takes a look at the pop. Takes the mask off. Oh my god! And look at Jericho! <laughs> look at Juve! Here we Jericho go! Jericho versus Malenko for the title. <laughs> when the Cruiserweight title meant so, look at the fans going absolutely crazy here. I think it's probably the most meaningful title in. Exactly, an emotion, a mean G, at uh, mean G. And um, Dean Malenko, you know, his family being disrespected, his brother being beaten up, his dad as well. And now he's back here to get retribution. Jericho's finally getting his comeuppance. Irish rip to Jericho. Back body drop. And Cyclo, he's got two eyes and a thousand holds. <laughs> drop kick by Malenko. And he looks good. you got to remember, he yeah, re- just wrestled about a roll just now. Oh, goes for the suplex, but Jericho blocks it. Tries one of his own. Malenko rolls behind and now just clubbing both to the back of Jericho's head. Oh, Carco's head sends him out the ring, and Hoover's still at ringside cheering on. Of course, Jericho's disrespected the juice recent times as well. Now, Malenko over the top, straight right hand. Oh, and Malenko, Irish rips Jericho to barricade. And we all thought Dean Malenko retired. I mean, even Tony shocked that Dean's here. He's getting back in the ring, but Jericho cuts him off with the kicks. And now, with the chops, Irish rip to Dean. But Malenko blocks it, and now turns it around, punches to the head, punches, kicks to the midsection, pushing back in the corner. 
And the fans firmly behind Dean Malenko. Malenko Irish whip to Chris Jericho. Goes for the clothesline. Jericho finally managed to block some offence, but a back elbow. Jericho picking Malenko up and dropping him down that top turnbuckle. And Jericho now saying, what the hell is going on here? Like, I was just going to have a normal target defence and it's Dean Malenko. He's upset by this and I think rightly so. He's trying to calm everybody down. Everybody wants a piece of Jericho. Jericho thinks there's a conspiracy going on. I don't blame him. Suplex up to Malenko. Keeps him there as well. Drops him down. And Malenko may be the man of a thousand holes. But Jericho knows a thousand and four. Goes for the cover. But Malenko managing to kick out. Uh. Jericho just boots to Malenko. But you can see the frustration and the anger in Dean. It's going to take a lot to put him down tonight. I know Jericho's been on a roll beating people like Prince Ikea. Who vehicles taking Rey Mysterio out? He thought he got rid of Malenko. Now he's going to go. Line salt. Goes for the cover of Malenko. But again, Malenko manages to get shoulder up at two. Two. And now he's going to wear him down with a sleeper. Jericho going for a suplex, but Malenko rolling around. Both men exchanging. Jericho gets knee to the midsection, picks him up. And a tiger suplex to the back of the knee. And now it might be line. T- but Malenko manages to roll through the leg. Jericho grabs the bottom rope. Very intelligent by Jericho. Jericho rolls to the outside and Dean gets chopped down. Jericho to the top now. Goes for the... Oh, beautiful back elbow. Goes for the cover, but Malenko Two. Oh. kicks out. Uh, thought that was nearly a three then. Ooh. There was one of the action here at the Raw. It was like, fuck you, it just had on it. <laughs> Malenko now just gets slapped across the face by Jericho. Trip Malenko reversed. Jericho to boot up though. Now Jericho looking to right-hand Malenko, but Malenko's blocking every one of them, hitting his own. And now both men just exchanging. I think Malenko is coming out on top of here, pushing Jericho's back to the corner. Looking to take out Y2J, but Jericho ducks out the way. Oh. Places Malenko on the top turnbuckle and gives him a slap for good measure. And now Jericho's got him in a precarious position, but Malenko fighting. Oh, but Malenko managing to get Jericho onto his shoulder on the second rope. Oh. A gut buster from the second now Malenko having to use the ropes to get up. But he screams, maybe this is the end. Texas Cloverleaf time. He's trying to get in. Jericho scrambling. Oh, no, he's in. There's no escape for Jericho. Can Jericho manage to get to that rope at all? Oh, Malenko drags him back to the middle of the ring. Oh, and now sits down on his way. And Jericho taps out. Malenko wins the title. And the crowd are going absolutely mental for it. And what a moment for Dean Malenko. And a great bit of storytelling by WCW, you know? That was actually brilliant, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I mean, all this build-up that we had these past couple of months of Malenko being gone and Jericho being so cocky finally comes back to bite him. <laughs> My man, bite me. But it, it really does. It's a great story. And I think a really good match as well. Yeah. It's just nice to see something WCW and Malenko did, right? raises the title and gives a shout-out to his dad. Lovely, lovely moment there. Who's dead? After that still cage match, Raven versus DDP. And the first person not to get up after the 10 count is a loser in this one. Sort of like a last man stand, last man standing match, but inside the confines of a steel cage. Raven makes his way down with his sickers, and this one is underway, with DDP tossing some saliva his way before going headfirst into a trash can in the corner. It makes me happy there are still weapons in this cage, as I think I saw a VCR lying around, only with Raven. 
DDP hits his spinning clothesline and utilises the bull rope by tossing Raven into the cage on both sides. Raven is up just before it hits 10 and cops a VCR shot to the face. Ha! Raven bounces back just before the 10 once again while sending DDP back into the garbage cans in the other corner. There is seriously weapons everywhere in the ring. Raven sets up the chair in the middle of the ring and goes for his signature drop tie hold on the chair but has to settle with a sleeper hold as DDP was able to reverse it. The count begins but DDP springs into action and backs away to the corner only to sandwich the ref into the garbage cans. WCW on cue with the bumps. The flock make their way out to the ring and take out the security, have their own set of bolt cutters and begin entering the cage before Van Hammer pops out from under the ring to wipe them out with a stop sign. Reese is handcuffed to the guard rail as security escort him to the back. I can see what's going to happen here. Raven and DDP continue to brawl before the rain... <coughs> Raven and DDP continue to brawl before the remaining security members enter the ring to reveal themselves as Billy Kidman and Horace Boulder. Horace Hol- <laughs> Horace Boulder. Horace holds up holds DDP while Kidman goes up top with a stop sign, but DDP moves. Seriously, in the history of wrestling, has that ever been pulled off? DDP diamond cutters both of them before getting smashed by a fire extinguisher and even flow DDT. Gets to nine, but Paige is back up and fights back instantly before copping a low blow and a diamond cutter by Raven. Paige again is up before 10. Chair shot, but then walks into another diamond cutter as both men are down. DDP is up at nine once again, but Raven is out for the count, and we have a winner, DDP. After the match, a different security member enters the handcuff. Uh, <coughs> after the match, a different security member enters the hang enters. After the match, a different security <laughs> member enters and handcuffs the remaining members of the flock and begins pounding on Raven. Double cuffs Raven to the cage and takes his helmet off. Mortis, which then reveals Canyon. Finally, he's back, an unprotected chair shot to Raven, and we're ready to move on. Now, what is a flock? What is the point of flock being around if they continue to lose matches, even when they have the numbers advantage over the opponents? They approved it. Why can't they allow it to happen, you know? Also, why must every WWE cage match have outside interference? I always thought the whole point of cage matches was to restrict it to one one on one but the next match is Ultimo Dragon versus Eddie Guerrero and there's lots of match stuff to begin with uh, both competitors showing their versatility and acrobatics aero- acrobatics before Dragon has to kick reverse for the first time in WSW history this is a proud moment for myself if he does his head stand on the ropes and that is reverse and I'm going to mark out and he did well things go to the outside as Dragon is whipped into the rails a few times as Chavo cheers on Ultimo to Eddie Receives a few slaps for good measure before Guerrero takes Dragon back to the ring but is met with an Asai moonsault. Back in the ring and another moonsault from the top nets only two count. Two. Before Eddie back to the top but cops a Chavo Guerrero tornado DDT. Goes up for the five star but Dragon moves and cradles his and cradles for another near fall. So Albert Dragon's got Dragon sleeper and Eddie now using the ropes. Flips over and catches his own dragon sleeper. Oh, that was lovely by Eddie. And oh, that- and on the ropes, but Chavo pulls him off and says, no, nope, no, nope, you're going to do this right. Well, we've seen that Chavo's had respect for Dragon, and we've seen the altercations on Nitro. Uh-oh. And Eddie just slapping the hell out of Chavo. And Chavo getting frustrated. Oh. Oh, 
and Ultimo looking to catch Eddie from behind, but Eddie ducks. Chavo gets taken out by Ultimo. And now Eddie's got, oh, Dragon, and that was a brain buster. And Eddie up to the top. Oh, frog splash. One, One two, two, three. Oh, but Chavo's in, and he's not happy. Throws Eddie into the corner. And now he's saying to Eddie, come on. What the hell are you doing? I think he wants to help both of them. He's got Eddie Graham's my favourite wrestler on his T-shirt. Oh! Next Chavo. Uh, and Chavo then kicks Ultimo <laughs> Dragon into the corner. And Eddie maybe has turned Chavo to the dark side. Oh! Well, Chavo was annoyed maybe he got kicked in the face. This is sort of now Eddie's trying to pull him off. And Eddie's like, hang on a second here, come on. Chavo's saying, no, I want to do this myself. <laughs> Eddie's telling him to calm down. <laughs> He and sla- he pulls Chavo off and then gives him a slap for good measure. I don't know if that was a good idea. Oh, and now he's saying to Chavo, go and punch me. He's down on his knees again. And I think Chavo might. And he won. That's fair enough. But he's telling him to hit him. Chavo saying no. <laughs> and then Chavo kisses Eddie on the cheek. <laughs> and, and Eddie starts smirking. He's not smirking. He's, just got, well, he's not got a cigarette in his gob. He's just been kissed on the cheek by his nephew Chavo. And Chavo seems to have, like I said, embraced the dark side. My uncle used to smile when I kissed him on the bum cheek. <laughs> and the next match is, for the title in it, is Perry Saturn versus Goldberg. Goldberg literally monsters over Saturn in the ring, and Saturn is no small man. The man hit a massive gorilla press slam, then a gorilla press drop, so be all over him early. Yeah, it's just the usual Goldberg matchup, but a good fella to keep the crowd slightly entertained. Goldberg beats Goldberg. Goldberg beats Goldberg. Goldberg. Now it's Eric Bischoff versus Vince McMahon. Dan, tell me about it. Yes, it is Eric Bischoff versus Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon fails to come out, which leads Bischoff, which leads to Eric Bischoff to get on the mic and count the owner of the WWF out. Crowd makes a count, and that's it. I mean, could you actually imagine if Vince McMahon showed up? Anyone who has read Eric's book would know that Vince actually considered making an appearance, but something to do with his daughter and couldn't make it. WWF are in firm control of proceedings, and this would only gather unneeded publicity for the opposition. I'm not going to lie, though. I would have fucking loved to see this. We're not going <laughs> to. But we get, we get something better, though, James. We get you. We get Bret Hart versus Macho Man Randy Savage with the special guest referee, Rowdy Ronda Piper. So it's uh, tell a, me all about it. I was just about to before you interrupted tell me. Tell me all I'm about not it. Gonna, no, no, I don't <laughs> Fuck you. So I'm going to tell you about it. So it's a somewhat heel Bret Hart coming to the ring after helping Hollywood win back the title the night after Spring Stampede. And already the cowardly tactics are out. Piper has had enough. <coughs> Piper has had enough and decides to bring the shenanigans to an end by tossing Bret back into the ring himself. Some brawling before things go to the outside, but the still steps come into play. But Brett misses a would-be fatal shot. They're now in the crowd, and Hart is in firm control as he continu- as the brawl continues. Things are finally back in the ring, and Brett is working on the macho man bung knee for a rather long time before the famous side Russian leg sweep. Follows up with a pile driver, but Piper counts a very slow two count. Backbreaker and goes for a very slow elbow drop from the. T- uh, <coughs> backbreaker and goes for a very slow elbow drop from the second rope, but misses. Savage bounces right back and hits his signature elbow drop, but lands awkwardly on the hurt knee. Finally, get the pit gets the pin on the hitman, but he kicks out at two. Out of nowhere, the sharpshooter is on as Liz begins to make her way to the ring. 
Footage goes back to the ring and suddenly Savage has a sharpshooter on but gets to the rope. Liz enters the ring and distracts Piper but Hart has none of it and pops Piper in the head with somewhat foreign object wrapped around his hand. Savage recovers and picks up the foreign object wrapping it around his hand but Hogan, no joke, bobbed up like a ghost and hits him in the knee. Sharpshooter and this one's over. Piper calls for the bell and finds the object wrapped around Savage's hand but might wait for Nitro. But might, <coughs> but might wait till Nitro. Yeah, so we'll have to wait for Nitro until we see what the fallout is. But I actually enjoyed this and Bret Hart, not knowing he's been the best heel, get sight of the crowd. Another heel has throughout the night. He definitely added to the intrigue of the match and was technically pretty good. Hogan just had to get his fat head involved, but it could have been a lot worse. Actually, could have been better also, but it's a pass for myself. And up next is the tag team titles, the forgotten tag team titles, and that is the Outsiders with Dusty Rock versus Sting and the NWO Giant. Well, here I was beginning to think the tag team titles were extinct, but hey, here they are. I seriously think that in the last year the titles have been defended twice, which is really phenomenal in itself. Anyway, it's survey time, and I just think the NWO legitimately won for once. Wolfpack for the win. The Giant makes his way to the ring and the NWO black and white music. Without Sting. We all know Sting is, an, is anti any NWO, so it'll be interesting to see exactly in this. Anyway, it's another review, which means another guarantee on the Giant and Kevin Nash scenario. Nash will not be pinned, let alone by the Giant. Well, Hall and Sting start things off, and it's a few shoulder blocks from Hall before Sting bounces back from a choke stand with a bulldog and a couple of Stinger splashes. Goes for the death lock, but Nash enters the ring and is cleaned up. By first Sting and then the Giant, which forces Wolfpack to have a discussion with Dusty. Back in the ring and Giant is tagged in, which leads to Nash being tagged in. And the two big boys are going at it. It's very weird, as if it's up Sting up against the Wolfpack. He gets cheered, but when the outsider, Outsider's up with Giant, they're cheered. Sting is in, but walks directly into a big boot, which allows to be tagged in and apply the fall away slam. Sting is being hammered from pillar to post and the Giant is eager for the hot tag. Giant is finally tagged in and Sting fights back from the bear hug. Oh, so Sting now is in the bear hug. Here we go. He's been worked on a lot. Can he get out of it? I think he can. Uh, he's managing to fight his way out. Hits Hall off the ropes. Finally tags in the Giant who steps over the top rope. Clubs Nash to the back. And then clotheslines Nash. Now Giant clubbing away of Kevin Nash. and he's Is he aiming for the back of the neck? Exactly the spot. Where Nash hurt a giant, well, no. out, and a giant slam there from the giant. Impressive enough, and now where the, what's the giant got planned? And a head terrible, <laughs> a terrible headbutt to the groin area, and Scott's after his personal demons. He's finally made it to the paper. He's not looked too bad. Leg drop by giant, but Nash managing to kick out. Oh. now the giant might be getting a little bit frustrated. Well, down comes a strap. That means that means that he means business. And in, what the hell is the giant doing? It looks like he's going up. Oh, even Hall don't believe it. All the fans on their feet now. What the hell is the giant doing? All the way up. Oh, oh looking for a giant splash, but Nash rolls out of the way. Hall <laughs> desperate for the tag in. And Sting doesn't look that. He, he's just more shocked than I think anything else. Both men down. Scott all slapping the back of Nash, trying to wake him up. Dusty Rose pulling the referee over to the corner. Nash pulls his straps down now. Oh my God, he's not going to try a jackknife on Giant. Scott Hall's in, and he's got a title belt. 
Oh! He hit Nash over the back with a title belt. What? That must have been a mistake. Giant go for the cover. One, two, three. Oh, what? So, NWO Giant and WWE Sting, tag team title, tag team champions, and Scott Hall's turned his back on Kevin Nash. No. And so is Dusty, and is Sting going to be a part of it or not? They've got the NWO t-shirt, he's got the wolf pack, and he just laid it down on Kevin Nash. What do you make of that, Dan? <sighs> wow, I never thought the Outsiders would uh, ever split up, but they have. Well, where the hell did that come from? I it a second time, as I thought I remembered Hall getting hit by Giant, but I was totally wrong, which means it was pretty well worked and came from nowhere. I guess that leaves Hall in the black and white along with Dusty Rose, and I'll be interested to see the fallout. I was a bit puzzled they were the pairing, but I guess they had no choice. Giant went NWO the Nitro before Slambury, and the match was put together two weeks prior to that. If Sting joins the NWO, though, I think I'm done with wrestling in general. I will not, will not, tip, not, well, will not be able to stomach the sheer stupidity and nonsense that came with it. Well, I didn't really like this match at all. The cruiserweight period of the show stopped this from being a complete fail. And lately, shows have been one-match shows, which has been very disappointing. So much potential there with the roster they have to work with. But I'll say it again, it's like they're on repeat every month. It's turn after turn after turn. And after a while, the shock and unexpectedness evaporate. And on top of that, I keep turning off the WWE Network, wondering how Benoit still hasn't got the title to his name. So, quite disappointing. Will the WWF pay-per-view... Be any better this month, we're going to watch that in entirety on part two. Two. So, WCW Monday Nitro, the 18th of May, 1998, and it's 140. Nitro is only an hour this week. Hopefully, they do not try and chat. <coughs> Nitro is only an hour this week, and hopefully, they do not try and cram a copious amount of changes down our throats. The PPV was surprisingly terrible, and hopefully, that doesn't continue with the follow-up. I have slated this numerous times, but WCW has a lot going for it, and there's no need to make wholesale changes, except perhaps push some different talent and make some better booking decisions. The random heel turns are just mind-boggling. I will admit that heel Brett is far more interesting than a face Brett, but it was a bit sudden. And then again, he had not done a damn thing for nearly three months, just collecting a paycheck. The giant is baffling too, but if you look back, he has turned so many damn times, and you can often randomly with both WWE and WCW, that you need to know calculus to count a PhD to understand why. Anyway, Nitro got a 2.5, while Raw got a 5.5. Yeah, and a video showing Hall and Sting from Slamboree. Then we get fireworks, and Tony welcomes us to the Civic Centre in Providence, Rhode Island. Bischoff is in the middle of the ring, sitting on his Harley. He is declaring himself king. That's not Harley Race, by the way. He's he's not that cruel. Or Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah, hello. He's looking back at the past 100 weeks and realises that right now his TV record is 102. And his wrestling career is 2-0 and as he beats Zabisco and Vince McMahon. He wanted to do it in the ring, but he realises that will not happen. He repeats he did all he could. He has a He has to look to... He has to look to the future. A record better than Goldberg... And he thinks everyone for the great and he thanks everyone for the greatest night of his life. So match one is Saturn versus Psychosis, and Saturn goes off for a series of kicks and punches. Psychosis comes out of the corner and takes him down. Now he unloads some chops up top but shoved but is shoved up and Saturn leaps right into a drop kick. 
Saturn is up top again, is knocked off, and Psychosis dives into him. Saturn is rolled back into the ring, but he catches Psychosis and flips him backwards, and then kicks him square in the head with Glacier's move, and now the Death Valley driver, and he gets quite the pop when he finishes him off with the rings. Not sure how long it will last, but Saturn is fun to watch, and he is getting over. Well, Piper has come out, and Gene is in the ring. Piper has a lot of things on his mind. He's up... He's upset and being a ref is the worst job. He was pushed around and Liz has acid for saliva. He still thinks it was Savage who hit him and wants him to come out right now. Savage comes out to quite the pop and states that what happened does not sit too well with him. Piper responds that he's not the guy who apologises but he saw the footage and stumbles over Hogan being a bald-headed reptile. He did not know that it was Brett and Hogan who interfered. Piper is changing his decision. The fans boo. It is Brett Hart and he does not like that. And he claims he won the match right in the middle. Savage needed an Savage needed an excuse, and he got one. Savage is inviting <coughs> Savage is inviting him down now. Savage is inviting him down right now to finish what he started. Brett starts down, but proclaims it's two on one, and he's been beaten up two, and he has beaten up two before. And Hogan stops him. He states they have bitten off more than they can chew. Hogan him names, and he and Brett could take them on at the GAB as a team. Piper, though, wants them now, and Hogan acts tough and heads to the ring, but allows Eric Bischoff to hold him back. Oh, God, so a great American bash we could have a tag team match of this proportion. Well, Gene is with Dean, and the latter is forgiving him for what he said. Dean is happy with the cruiserweight. He is tired of Chris's pompous attitude, and he did his best to get over. And when he spoke about Boris, that was a bridge too far, and he wished he never brought up his father. Now they show now they show Chris throwing an absolute fit in the back, claiming that this is not right and he should be the champ. He hucks around as so he's just had his um, yeah his hissy fit really. Match two: Damien versus Juventud Guerrera. Juve goes on the offensive with kicks and chops until he misses in the corner. He gets clotheslines and now they go back and forth, and Juve springs off Damien and kicks him to the floor. He slides to the floor only to be sent into the steps. Damien is on the apron and leaps into him. Back inside and both men are crotched up top. And Damien picks him up from the top and gives him a type of muscle buster. And Juve gets his shoulder up and the fans start a Juve chant. He then hits a Juve driver and Damien kicks out. Juve fucks up the 450 but then hits an elbow and pins him for the win. Well, still decent. Match three, it's Goldberg versus Glacier for the US title. So let's just watch Goldberg's entries. Look, it's evolving each week, isn't it, now? He's coming through the fireworks. Will he breathe his smoke yet? No. Not yet, but look how intense this man is. Slapping himself, silly. Glacier's in the ring, waiting for Goldberg. And the US title is on the line. Well, yeah, Glacier will be taken seriously. He'll be taken very seriously if he can stop Goldberg's streak. And look at him with the kicks now on Goldberg. Goldberg blocking them, <laughs> ducking a spinning heel kick and catches him with a beast of a clothesline. Glacier is now on the mat and he's getting pummeled in the face by Bill. And you can see the fans ready to get on their feet as soon as Goldberg does something impressive. Hits the leg whip and Goldberg springs back to his feet. Oh, but Glacier with a ch- chop. And Goldberg with a judo throw back on the mat and he chokes out Glacier. Showing his... Uh... Aggressive side there, maybe Goldberg. Goldberg has a hater in the crowd. Goldberg, same two moves. Oh. But that's how he finishes people. Maybe that's why he's changing it up. Hits a knee on Glacier. Well, Glacier, Irish ripped across the ring, and I think the ring moved. 
Goldberg comes charging in. Glacier lifts a foot. Goldberg catches it but gets caught. Oh! And then Goldberg up to his feet after the kick from Glacier. Glacier nips up to his feet only to be speared straight back down again. <laughs> what happens next, Dan? Well, James. Oh, my God. Look how long he's holding him up there for. One arm hammers him down. One, two, three. Oh, my God. Impressive there by Bill Goldberg. Yes, up next we've got Gene and he is with DDP. Gene asked him about the match last night and DDP, DDP quotes Dick Murdoch. He loves because he loves it. He does it because he loves it. And the fans, and because he does it because he loves it and the fans, he does it because he loves it and because the fans jack him up. And now he has his sights on the gold. He has not forgotten the last 15 months and he is connecting the dots for Hogan and bang. Here comes Hogan and the crew. Hogan prances around with a belt. According to Eric Bischoff, Hogan has some important things to say. And Hogan, to- and Hogan talks about being the supreme power in wrestling. After last night, if there was ever a doubt that he would be alone, like Nash claimed, was proven false because greatness always follows Hogan. There is no doubt about the power of Hollywood and essentially the gospel of the NWO and the commandment, he said demandment, is that he took Nash's best friend and introduces Hall. Eric Bischoff calls out Sting, and then he enticed him to come out with repeated quality taunting. He comes out, and the giant is there too. Here comes Sting now with the giant. What's he going to do? Is he going to join the NWO? Oh! No, Sting spits on him. Oh, my God. Why would you spit on him and now the giant grabs Sting? And just chokes him out. Well, I guess I want to be part of Hogan's NWO. The giant beating him out beating him up and now here's Kevin Nash he's got himself a metal pole and Nash is picking up Sting well what that mean what does it mean I can't wait to watch Nitro 141 on May the 25th 1998 I know who who I don't know I don't know what we'll do well we're going to watch that episode on part two two so now what we're going to do A video package recaps how Vince McMahon has stacked the deck against WWF champion Steve Austin at Over the Edge and the end of last week's show where Austin and McMahon were in a tag team match against The Rock and D'Lo Brown. Yes, that actually happened. And yeah, May 18th, Raw 260. And we get the opening titles and then fireworks! Yay! Well, Jim Ross and Michael Carr are in the booth and they are live from Nashville, Tennessee. Well, Vince McMahon, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe walk out and McMahon announces that he has that his devastating clothesline gave Steve Austin a mild concussion. He announces that for Austin's protection, he is barred from the arena. Austin shows up and tells the security guard that he's coming to the building one way or the other. Dude Love walks out, in a suit of course, seeing Foley with slick back hair in this role. 
and promises that Over the Edge will be a special night for everyone that hates Austin. McMahon then calls out Dustin Runnels, who has a bad knee due to knee surgery, and then books him to face Love. The stipulation is that if Runnels wins, he'll be the number one contender to the WF title and get the Over the Edge title match against Austin. But if he loses, he'll have to work for 30 days without being paid. The heat for this segment is off the charts, and the great thing about the Austin McMahon angle was its ability to elevate, albeit temporarily, some of those who were involved in it. Well, Joe the King Laura is shown helping someone covered in a sheet out of a van and escorts them into the arena. The security guard checks to make sure it's not Austin and lets them in. The opening contest, and it is two Cole Scorpio going against Val Venus. So this is, we've seen the... Uh, Promo vignettes. This is a debut of Val Venus in the WWF. The porn star. Yeah, I mean, and this character is important. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. Well, he's just debuting here. This porn star. Look at these videos. <laughs> Hot dogs going into buns. <laughs> train coming for a time. Rocket launching. And he's got a towel around his waist. Flower blossoming. Right, guys. So that is Val Venus. <laughs> Venus sounds like penis. Do you want to see his money shot? <laughs> <laughs> of course it is the money shot. Yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, <laughs> this is Venus's debut and he gets a good reaction, which is why vignettes work before debuting a cat. It's sad how quickly the WWF gave up on the Funk Scorpio team because the tag division was really devoid of talent at this time. It's not really clear if Venus is a face or a heel, so that leads to the crowd being unsure about how to react to Scorpio's role in the match. Even though you anticipate a squash, this ends up as a very this ends up as a very competitive match whereby Scorpio is playing the 1998 version of Tito Santana. It's too long for a debut though, and the crowd loses interest despite the match being technically proficient. Val Venus also didn't really show a lot of dimensions to his character to, to distinguish him from a generic wrestler. Scorpio up the moonsault. Oh, oh, Val rolls out the way, and now can Val Venus maybe capitalise on this? Looking for his money shot. Right on Scorpio's chest for the one, two, three. When the security guard will not let Steve Austin into the building, he assaults him. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Austin walks out to the ring and calls out McMahon and his stooges. He proposes a three-on-one fight between them, and McMahon hilariously backs out by saying that he does not show up to a street fight in a tweed jacket. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the, stooges cut a small <laughs> the stooges cut small promos, and Austin McMahon decides on Austin and McMahon decides to book a two on one street fight and won't tell Austin which two of them he will fight. This has a lot of great back and forth probably capped by Patson denying that he sucked and Austin saying that he thought he did as a small inside reference. You see because Pat Patson yeah he does. Another vignette for Edge's Ed. We must embrace the Edge and let go. Lawler tells his disguised man that he's there to protect him and not to get makeup or enjoy the other the other amenities backstage. Sable comes out and calls out Mark Merrow and pro- and proposes an amicable split. Merrow says it's not possible because she signed a contract two years ago that made her his property. Hang on a minute. So let's just get this right. <laughs> Mark Merrow has a contract to say Sable, a woman, is property of him. So. You know what I'm saying there? Yep. Well, Ross makes a hilarious comment about how the Emancipation Proclamation ended contracts like that. Mero demands that she will get into his corner tonight for his match with Terry Funk. So up next, Terry Funk versus Marvelous Mark Mero. 
and Funk and Mero brawl back and forth until Funk knocks referee down while pounding on Mero in the corner. Mero hits a low blow, but Sable hops on the apron and tells the referee about it, allowing Funk to surprise Mero with DDT and win. Predictable ending, and this was too rushed to really draw anyone in. Funk recovering seconds after Mero's TKO to get to the finish was also ridiculous. Police officers arrive at the arena to arrest Steve Austin. The 1-800-Collect-Rewind segment is Young Taker destroying Jerry Lawler on last week's show. The police investigate whether Lawler's disguised man is Steve Austin. They realise it's not and move on. Call 1-900-7374-WWF to hear about the recent fortunes of a former WWF television announcer. Chains and Skull going against LOD 2000. Since LOD 2000 and the DOA are booked to face each other over the edge, Chains and Skull face DOA. Chains and Skull face LOD so as not to give that match away for free. Based on Ross's commentary, this feud has quickly turned into nearly every other LOD feud since the summer of 97, where the storyline is, can these old guys still fight? <coughs> Things get really sloppy when all hell breaks loose and April sneaks in and out sneaks in out of the crowd to give the DOA another win via a legal switch. I'm over that finish and this feud at this point after the match LOD demand a six-man match against the DOA next week and they will bring a mystery partner with them. Also, mystery partner to team up with the LOD. I wonder who that could be. Uh, Ross discusses that Paul Barrow is using DNA testing to confirm that he's Kane's father. Kane wears a ski mask at the medical clinic as his DNA is being taken because... He has awful burns on his face. And then we get the Warzone opening titles. So, look at Laura there. He's got a man. It's un- not Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's not. That's been confirmed by the police and security. And Laura said he's there. And he's there to protect the king if things go wrong. I wonder who it is. Well, he's been beaten up the past couple of weeks, though, hasn't he? Austin beat him up. And then, of course, The Undertaker beat him up. If it's anyone, it's going to be someone that can beat Austin and Undertaker. Most definitely. It's Al Snow. And Head. Yeah, sorry, heads there as well as head chant. So Lola comes out to do commentary and Ross makes fun of him by saying he's a grown man wearing a crown, carrying another man in a blanket. And Lola unveils man to be Al Snow like we saw, and he probably Vincent Man. Snow wants his meet with a man immediately, he won't shop on commentary, so Lola relocates, relocates him to the first row. And we've get an, we've got a number one contenders match for the WWF Championship and it's Dude Love with Joel Briscoe and Pat Patterson versus Dustin Runnels. So Dustin Runnels here is not wearing Goldust got burned, didn't it, in the uh, last week and he got rid of the whole Goldust apparel. He's here as uh, Dustin Reynolds, but he's got the bad knee and he's, if he wins this though, he faces Steve Austin over the edge, which would be huge, just a couple of weeks away and he's got FU on his uh, chest. You know what that means, don't you? Forever Unchained. Yep. And Patterson, Briscoe, just keeping a close eye on him. Dude Love throws uh, Reynolds' leg into the apron. And so Dude Love has been all over Dustin pretty much the most of this match. Yeah, it's sent him into the stairs. Can target in the leg. Brings it back in now. Oh, but Dustin's trying to make his way back into it, doing some gold dust manoeuvres, dropping to the mat, giving him an uppercut. Austin watching on backstage in the world's smallest television they could find. Making sure, see, he's got to face it over the edge. And as JR says to us, Reynolds had knee surgery just a week ago. So he manages to hit a bulldog. Briscoe's off the apron now after uh, Dustin taunted him. Oh, and Dude Love's got the mandible claw locked in on Dustin. And that's it. Dude Love stops Dustin Reynolds. My word, that's a bit of a surprise. Well, Reynolds gets the job entrance, so astute wrestling fans know that his odds aren't very good. 
Runnels is wearing an FU shirt, which is a piece of Goldust merchandise. So I guess he hasn't fully ditched the character after all. After some quick brawling, Runnels hits the bulldog, but Briscoe distracts the referee and allows Love to apply the mandible claw, or Love handle if you prefer, to win. You can see Dude Love on his arm as well. He's got the uh, VKM and the heart on there. So obviously he loves Vincent Kennedy, man. But like you said, yeah, Dan, 97, 98 has not been a good year for Goldust, has he? He lost his wife for 30 days to Brian Pillman, and now he doesn't get paid for 30 days. With this quick match that made Runnels an afterthought, they pretty much destroyed his new non-Goldust persona's credibility. This may have happened because Runnels had knee surgery done just prior to the show. Well, police officers come to Steve Austin's locker room and arrest him. After the commercial break, but man and his stooges come to Austin's locker room and gloat as he's taken away. Well, it is... Up next is Dick Togo, or Dick to Go. <laughs> I call him Dick to Go. <laughs> Dick to Go. I'm not having a Dick to Go. Next <laughs> match is Dick Togo and Men... Oh, you can fucking do these names, but it's not Dick <laughs> to Go. Well, up next is Dick to Go. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> it is Dick Togo and Men's T.O. with Yamaguchi-san and Funaki, and they go against the Headbangers. The headbangers are attacked by Kaintai on their way to the ring, and the flow of this bout, like many of Kaintai's matches, is disjointed between some nice tag team moves. Eventually, Funaki gets into the ring to assist the beatdown of Thrasher, and that triggers Bradshaw and Takamishinoku running out of the ring and triggering a double DQ. What a waste of time this was. Well, you can call 815-734-1161 to get your Roy's War play ring for 3299 Plus $9 shipping and handling. Vader hitting a Vader bomb on Barry Windham on last week's show is the slam of the week. We get more clips on Paul Bearer and Kane at the DNA facility. Paul Bearer doesn't like needles and he's hilarious in this segment with his crack of, I'm going to show people I'm Kane's daddy at the end. A match-up for the WWF Tag Team Championships and it is the New Age Outlaws, who are the champions with China, versus The Rock and Owen Hart. Well, this is also a preview of Over the Edge when the Outlaws and Triple H will face Owen Hart, Carmen Mustafa and Dido Brown. The crowd works up a Rocky Sucks chant to match the beat of the nation's theme music as the nation head to the ring. Looking back at this feud, I have no idea why I root for DX since their sophomoric antics do not translate well at all 20 years later. And now here comes a rock leading this nation out. Different to the other nation theme, isn't it? But it's definitely the Vox theme tune, just different. Slower. Yeah. So it's Nation and DX. And here we go to start already. Well, the Nation definitely has changed. I mean, you know, Karma's more of a pimp daddy now. <laughs> yeah, and the Rock and Triple H going out on the outside. And uh, <coughs> I think it's Road Dog and D-Lo. Mark Henry's got X-Puck. X-Puck's kicking his way out of it, though. <laughs> I don't think so. The official's coming out here as well. <laughs> Billy Gunn <coughs> throwing Owen Hart into the stairs. Just don't throw him face first into the turnbuckle. This is unbelievable stuff in Nation and DX. There goes the rock thrown into Barricade. And now Mark Henry and Owen Hart are working over X-Pac. It's Triple H low. Oh, hits Owen Hart in the head. Baseball slide to Mark Henry. Cameron oh, man's been down. He might not go back up again. Billy Gunn kicking him as well. Sergeant S laughter there. He's trying, trying to get to, some order. Yeah, exactly. We were some officials. D-Lo and Karma fine get pulled off. And then taken away from the action. <laughs> well, the match will start after this, but that's crazy we're getting to see real hatred there. So it will be the Road Dog and the Rock. 
So can Rock and Owen Hart win the tag team titles here tonight? Be a huge statement for the nation. Of course, the Rock Intercontinental Champion as well. So who do you favour then? DX or the nation? If you're looking at them now, the teams, who would you favour? <coughs> um, I don't know, you see, because I think the nation's probably got the better technical wrestlers. Yeah. But they've got more personality to them. I, I think it's a great matchup. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it works so well. They're, they're, they're different groups and it makes sense for them to well, go it, against each other, you know? Well, it's a lot better in comparison to NWO Wolfpack and NWO Black <laughs> yeah, and White. Exactly. Yeah. You know, this is more of the future. <coughs> yeah. Whereas the others is mainly, you know, 90% of the past and a couple of little bits of future thrown in there. Yeah, these are definitely the stars that they're ever looking to build. None of them have been champion or anything like that. The closest to the Intercontinental, but they've got all the mid-card titles, haven't they? They tag have, they've got the tags, yeah. They've got tags, European, I'm appearing, everyone's appearing, <laughs> and the Intercontinental titles. Exactly, so that, that's quite cool. We're going to see that over the edge as well. There's a pay-per-view, like say, a couple of weeks' time. And we now know it's going to be Dude Love versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WF title in a rematch. Who's going to go for the mid-card titles? So hopefully we're going to find out. And of course, well, is Paul Bearer Kane's daddy? That's what we want to find out here tonight as well. I want to find it out as well. <laughs> uh, King brings uh, King brings Al Snow out. He wants his meeting. Of course, Owen Hart joined the nation a few weeks ago. He said, enough's enough and it's time for a change. But Billy seems to be in control right now. Owen Hart managing to fight his way out. A lovely gorilla press show of strength there. But Owen is a veteran in this one. Step up in Seguri there from Owen Hart. Knocks... Badass to the mat. I always liked Billy Selling. I always thought he was a bit underrated in that way. Do you know, I know he had a successful career. If you know, I always thought maybe he could have been a star, especially around like like '99 when he won King of the Ring. I don't think he's that bad a wrestler. No, I don't think he sells well. I think obviously his look. He's going face to face with the Rock. Here. He might be slightly bigger than the Rock. Of course, the Rock, the leader of the nation, and catches Billy. Lovely back elbow. So what happened to the Rock Farouk feud then? Is that over and done with now? I think Farouk's still got his eye on the Rock. I think that's uh, Rock's next challenge is against Farouk uh, over the edge. But like you say, that's kind of gone into the uh, background a little bit due to the DX feud, isn't it? You know, so yeah. The badass has got the upper hand on the Rock now and tags in Road Dog. I think Farouk's definitely a stepping stone. You know, we talked about um, Finley on Nitro being one of those guys now. I think Farouk they're looking at as a help to get the Rock over even more. Going to rock it to Samoan drop on Road Dog. He's going to tag in Owen Hart to do Samoa damage. Oh! As Hart drops the elbow from the top. Is he biting him? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Rather than go for the cover, he's trying to bite his ear off. And I can see a bit of blood there as well. Oh, my God. Owen Hart's a dirty little bitch. And now the rock comes in, he's smirking. No, James hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's just got a smile on his face because he sees the blood. Coming out of the ear of the road dog. Well, we see Rock telling Road Dog to suck it and then the blood on Owen Hart's face. Well, looking to follow up uh Irish whip to the corner on Road Dog, but Jesse James steps out the side, steps out the way, hits a bit of sh- shake, rattle and roll. Is it? Yep. And then Irish whipping Rock reverses Owen kicks Road Dog in the back. Looking for the rock bottom. Oh, oh hits it. We got new tag team champions one, two. Oh, Billy Gunn in to make the save though. And now Owen and Billy going at it. All the Rock really needs to do now is cover. Look at Owen Hart and Billy. 
Fading blows. China's up <laughs> in the apron. Causing a distraction. Infuriating the rock. Oh. Farouk comes down. <laughs> and Farouk's got the rock. Oh. Oh. Seated pile driver. <clears throat> well, referee didn't see it until Road Dog goes for the cover. Two, three. And Road Dog gets the cover over the rock. Well, there you go. And I tell you something, another thing I like about it is obviously it keeps a feud going, but. With that, The Rock didn't lose cleanly, didn't he, yeah. to Road Dog? And like I said, with Farouk, you mentioned him. Unlike WCW, where they don't do anything with it, they put Farouk in this match because you know there's still bad blood between the two of them as well. So I think it's a good story as it yeah. kind of goes along, you know? I think that's where Raw's working a little bit more than kind of Nitro. So Nitro's kind of more disjoint. <laughs> Nitro's more kind of disjointed, isn't it, with kind of stuff put together? Well, Steve Austin is shown sitting in a police cruiser and Ross wonders why they haven't taken him to jail yet. The answer comes after the commercial break as Austin gives an apology to the security guard. Austin just tells the guard he's so stupid he didn't let him into the arena and flips him off and walks off as a free man. Kevin Kelly hears from the doctor who conducted the DNA test on Paul Bearer and Kane that pair is... (laughs) (coughs) Come on, James, keep it together. That bearer is Kane's father. When the lights go out for Kane's entrance, Ross jokes with Lawler, and then the Undertaker has appeared behind them. Bearer tells the Undertaker that his mother was a whore, and the Undertaker charges the ring. Let's watch it. And here comes Taker now, going straight after Kane, and he's punching away. Oh! Daddy's down! Bearer gets taken out. Choke slam on Kane by the Undertaker. And now Bearer's getting a beating. Oh, my God. And Kane's already back up. Throws Undertaker in the turnbuckle. Now with big right hands himself. Oh, my God. Irish whip, and he's got the hand grasped around Undertaker's throat. Oh. Gives him a choke slam and continues the beat down. And Paul Bearer joins him, putting his chubby feet on. He can barely stand up, bless him. And now beating down on the Undertaker. And who's this? Who's going to come to make the save? It's Big Van Vader. It's Vader time. Vader's out here trying to get some retribution. Kane trips over the Undertaker's head. The man that caved his face in. The Undertaker's up. Vader and Kane are brawling. And Undertaker's going after Bearer. Look at Bearer how fast he's running. He's gone. (laughs) That's for Bearer. And now Vader. Ooh. He eliminates Kane from the rumble, but Kane lands on his feet. Will he fight Vader or will he go look after his daddy? I think he's got to try and find where Daddy Paul Bearer is. But Vader's back and Kane cave Vader's face in. And uh, Vader wants a bit of retribution. The crowd is really into seeing Bearer get destroyed. <clears throat> the crowd is really into seeing Bearer... The crowd is really into seeing Bearer get destroyed, by, which is a testament to how well he played this role. So the main event is a handicapped street fight. With Sergeant Slaughter's guest referee, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Patterson and Briscoe. Ross tells the audience. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Terrible. Ross tells the audience that Patterson does rear end work at the Briscoe Brothers Body Shop, which Briscoe wears a t shirt advertising. Yeah. Patterson has a t shirt emphasizing his first intercontinental title reign. The fact that S. Laughter is referenced as Sergeant and not Commissioner Slaughter, anyone is telling as the WWF trying to streamline its authority figures. 
S Laughter takes the offence at Austin's banter before the match and he clotheslines Austin from behind to give Briscoe and Patterson the advantage. So we go Pat Patterson. So it's a hot and steamy night in Rio de Janeiro. Did Pat, Pat Patterson win the first ever Continental title? And Brisk- It was a hot, steamy night <laughs> in Rio de Janeiro where uh, Briscoe done some rear-end work. <laughs> oh, look at the... Uh, I'll tell you what, he scrubs up well, doesn't he, his uh, referee... Does Sergeant, oh, does Sergeant S laughter in a great shape? Do you think this is what's beating Nitro in the rating? Uh, I was so sexy a guy Steve, Austin. Steve Austin mask. Yeah, do you think Nitro's trying everything? They turn over, they're like, you put Briscoe and Patterson in your main event. <laughs> and you're moaning about Hogan yeah, versus fucking and, Macho. And, you're, and they're, winning the night, they're winning the ratings. Let's see what reaction Steve Austin gets. There's <laughs> a boat looking like Austin. So here comes WF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's cool T-shirt. Want to race some hell? And he's not got his black pants on. He's got his jeans. But he didn't come here for a wrestling match, James. He came here. There he is. Got shorts. <laughs> he came here for a fight. Wearing shorts. And there's Austin giving Slaughter S after the title belt. The sergeant's uh, putting out the rules. Steve Austin's got a problem with all 40 figures. Gives him the fingers. Oh, clotheslines Austin from behind and Poe start the beatdown. Oh, my <clears> God. <throat> There's one assault here. Oh, Briscoe's got the leg. That's bad. <laughs> Briscoe's for- working the rear end. Let's not forget these two are legends here. Former legends. And Austin trying to fight out. And he's in trouble here. Briscoe's got hold of Austin. Patterson's going into his pants. Oh, my oh. God. He's got some nuts on his hands. <laughs> oh. Right to Austin's face, the smell might beat him. One, two. Oh. Austin kicks out. Uh. Comes back, starts beating at Patterson. Gives Briscoe some of his uh, offense as well. Briscoe. Briscoe out. Patterson going up top. Briscoe, Austin crutches him on the top turnbuckle. Patterson, that's a good sell. He's down. And now Briscoe's on the outside. And Sarge can't do anything about it. Briscoe tries the right hand. Pat Patterson might do better. Reverses Austin. Oh, Austin duck, uh, dodges. <laughs> Patterson gets caught in uh tree of woe. Austin gives him a few kicks. Briscoe's down on the mat trying to fight Austin, but <laughs> unsuccessfully. <laughs> Briscoe into the top turnbuckle. Well, it is a street fight, and Austin seems to be enjoying it now. Oh, but Patterson's going back into his trousers again. Oh, he's just touching himself. And Austin's saying, I'm not having that. And Patterson is in serious trouble. Briscoe, <coughs> Briscoe now has got caught. Stunner! Oh, oh fucking hell. Fuck. Briscoe nearly broke his neck. But now it's Patterson's turn. He gets help to his feet. Uh-oh. Oh. Only to eat a stunner. That was just as terrible a sell as any. That's what you get. And Sarge trying. Trying to get the Cobra clutch in. Austin kicks him off. Stunner for slaughter. <laughs> Freaking stunners. Oh, no. Dude loves on his way out. He gets clotheslined by Austin, taken down. Dude Love gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Austin follows him up. Oh, <laughs> oh I knew that was going to happen. 
And a wet spot there, and Foley went flying. And who's the guy with the mask? There's a fan with the Austin, and now he's got the chair. Oh! He hits Austin on the back with it. What the hell is this? And Austin going after him. Oh, no! It was Vince McMahon! <laughs> and Vince trying to write hands. He had a plan. Oh, and Foley with a chair on Austin. Well, Snow could have had his meeting with Vincent Mann. <laughs> <laughs> he was sat next to him all along. And for Mann to come out here. And do love now he's going Austin. <laughs> On Austin. <laughs> and little Mann, so happy about this. Austin in serious trouble as Raw comes to an end. My word. All right, so that's it for part one. And part two. Two. We're going to bring you uh, Nitro and Raw, both for May 25th. Fifth, and then WWE Over the Edge 1998 pay per view. But until then, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Wilson Facebook. <laughs> Did we do that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Facebook. You can find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Across all the Google platforms, WNetReview Review on Google Plus, send us an email to WNetPodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WNetReview Review Podcast. We've got clips going out there and podcasts going at the same time they do there. There's other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. Don't forget on SoundCloud as well to subscribe to our Music Maker Diddly. Also on Stitcher Radio, on Speaker Radio, where we're live next month for NXT Chicago 2. But you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Damn right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.